Help me. It is Wednesday, my dudes. This is how I win. This is no democracy. It is a dictatorship. Hate, 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 hate. Double hate. Load entirely. You're out of order. You're out of order. Everything that guy just says bullshit. Thank you. Welcome. Jack's frozen. Bar sucks. Coho has uh, purple hair and has watched a lot of films on really fast speeds. And Bowman's a bitch. I didn't do the counter. Um, other than that, um, uh, this should be a fun time. Uh, you can't count the ones that weren't on the show because you have no proof. Suck it. Um, Fine. Um, uh, today will go down as the day that Amber Heard almost caught Captain Jack Sparrow. Um, <laughs> I, I saw that tweet. I thought it was hilarious. I had tweet. to go with it. A funny, it was a fantastic tweet. tweet. Um, That's great. I'm not yeah. talking that with a 20 foot pole. I mean, honestly, if you're going to, if you're, you're worried about internet backlash, just being honest, if you're, the other side's going to come at you a little harder than that one. There's Man, a lot of people. Terrible. There's a lot of psychos in that camp. But anyways, we're here. I'm ready to be done with the series, if we're being honest. I, I don't know how much torture I can go through anymore. Um, I watched some movies. There's some good performances. But how lists were constructed just makes me sad and makes me confused and makes me hurt. Um, Sorry. Go yeah. How you doing? Uh, I, feel like, um, I feel like everything's happening a lot slower. Uh, around me than normal um you know a lot of a, a lot of a lot of i can't really process everything uh it's it's just a little too slow for me to understand what's happening uh but can i you talk know, to t-time speed for you i'll talk like still water. do it do it i want to i want to see what your t-time speed actually sounds like uh but uh you know at least i'm not getting last <laughs> you're not getting what i'm not getting last Oh, there's there's an egregious pick on yours, and we'll talk about that. I'm, I'm aware, but you bar. Regret that statement. Bar. Uh, yeah, you know how much I hate when somebody like is cocky, and I'll just do it out of spite. Um, watch me work. Uh bar. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah. some would say you're the ying to Boatman's yang. Um, sure. you're the better half. That's our. I would say that you're the better half. Um. Don't put that evil on me. Don't put that evil on me, Bobby. Um, how do you think you're going to do tonight? Um, you're constantly in third place. Constantly. Yeah, except Can for- you still win the show? I think so. Can I, I what? The, how the, I don't know how that math works, but you can still win the show, but you constantly get third place. Yeah, I know. Um, I was confident in this week. And then, I don't know, I saw a review about one of mine. And I immediately got put back in my place. Yeah, uh, there's there's a common theme that the the these list up the construction makes no sense to me. The overall list, like the performances, sure, some of them can sniff the top 100, but how they were ranked higher than things, I'm just so baffled at this point. Um, I guess I'll have more explanation later. Uh, Boatmen. Um, 
Some would say, like, we belong on an episode of Dr. Phil at this point. We have been uh, waging war against each other pretty harsh the last couple days. Um, How do you think you're going to do? I mean, I think you summed it up. Uh, We'll see if we can take a step back and maybe get Dr. Phil, Oprah, Jerry Springer, and just kind of work things out. Maury. Ellen. Do you really want Ellen hosted? Yeah. I mean, he's already here. Um, Melon. Jack. Mail Ellen. Melon. Jack, um, question for you. Mm -hmm. How many times have you seen the Northland? Uh, Twice. How many times have you seen the Batman? Uh, Three times. Uh, what I need you to do, um, you have assignment for the rest of the year. Stop rewatching shit and watch new movies that you haven't seen. <laughs> Stop it. Because your list is an egregious mess and we're going to try to fix this. You, you're you like the less like sexist version of what's that movie with um, She's All That or something. I'm going to get you ready for the prom. I'm going to get you ready for actually having movie opinion, okay? Uh I'm just. I want you to be able to talk about movies without talking about um, that giant thing that says Middle Earth behind your head. Okay. I don't care how you think you're going to do tonight because I know how you're going to do tonight. It's last place. Anyways, um, Jesus Christ. We're going to start the show same way we started last week. By the way, I need list for top characters. I'm taking a giant list of every character. I'm kind of breaking it down, uh, creating it, having some fun with it. I have some fun characters put in there. Um, but overall, I need some people's list. Um, sports moments is kind of pulled up. I think that'll be the very first episode we come back. We got a lot of lists for that. If you still haven't sent it, send it in so I can compare them. Um, and then I also need uh, five panelists for the director, um, one movie. So let's have some fun for the first draft night and see how many dislikes we can get on an episode. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, um, all right. Well, after I logged it last night, we'll see how many times the nude girls pop up. Anyway, we're going to start with your guys' number 20, I believe. We'll go around the room. So, Coho, number 20. Chanko and the Bigelowski. Uh, Hold on. Uh, Hold on. Bar, your number 20? My number 20 is Nathan Lane and the Birdcage. Boatman. My 20 is Dustin Hoffman and Lenny. That's textbook pandering. Jack. My 20 is Leonardo DiCaprio in Django Unchained. Yikes. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, Coho, take it away. Uh, so, John Gavin, the Big Lebowski, is my favorite part of the Big Lebowski. I think he does an incredible job of stepping into the character of Walter, um, of being the really abrasive, out-of-touch-with-reality side character. Um, I think he plays that part really well. He has all my favorite lines in the movie. Like, almost all my favorite lines in the movie are him. Uh, this isn't uh, noms, uh, uh, Smokey. This is bowling. There are rules. Uh, I think that he is really great um, at stepping sort of or, like, playing off of Jeff Bridges' energy, uh, being the loud counterpart to the very chill dude, um, and being able to get him into all sort of the antics that the movie needs him to. Um, he creates all the funniest uh, comedic bits for me. 
yeah, I love John Goodman in this movie. Um, so, oh, hold on, what are you doing? That's right. Shut the fuck up. Okay. Um, I have been told that I'm this character. Um, I don't know whether I should be, um, like, awesome or offended. Um, but I'd shoot him. I'd shoot a bastard over a game anytime. I'm gonna be honest. There are rules, like so. I'm yeah. cool with that. Um, if it was up to me, Multiplex would have a different uh, cheaters policy um, here. Um, <laughs> similar to similar to like Scar and Lion King, how he ends up, or you know, Plank. See, this is the Cody talk I can get behind. But yeah, I show review from you. You ever seen the beginning of Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End? Yeah, I think that was light. Um, anyways, um, <laughs> the movie, the, wait, the movie you think is better than Remember the Titans? No, I don't. I have Remember the Titans ranked one spot higher. You dumb whore. Correct. Okay, it's still Correct. higher. It's remember still the higher. Titans is higher. Pause. My Sorry. show. Um, <laughs> Bard, don't try to fuck with me. You're even wrong. Uh, that that would that would that would get a reaction from me. I promise you that. Um, but I will look at that. Is there a list out there? I'll go check it out. Um, uh, but it'll be in like two days. <laughs> oh, you haven't shared it yet. You just shared it with your your dick rats. Um, okay. No, anyways, no, no, no. Um, I just told them this placement. Okay. Anyways, um, if it's anything like DreamWorks, God have mercy on all. Uh, he is the best part of this movie for me. Um. It's maybe because I I relate to him in certain <laughs> aspects. I find him really funny. I like when big men yell at people. <laughs> That's kind of my thing. Um, uh, John Goodman also could be uh, roped into like father figure for me. Uh, him and uh, George C. E. Scott. Crazy, uh, is he your crazy uncle with George I'm, Scott? God, I wish. Um, <laughs> if, if I could typecast, I hope somebody him but yeah i don't know um <laughs> yeah i don't like saying it either um i'm just glad i don't have something that pops up dick rats. um 20 is high 20 is very high but i honestly like it here better than jeff bridges so i'll actually give you a little bit of a break on that um everybody else on john goodman and the big Lebowski. Um, he's really good. I would put other Goodman performances over this one, though, personally. I I would say this is Goodman's best performance, and I don't even know what you would put above this. He's talking the gambler with Mark Wahlberg when he has to show his man tits the entire time. <laughs> Besides, like, maybe Barton Fink. I don't know what you would put above this. Um, Flight. Flight? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm That's kidding. offensive. What? I would have. No, I'm kidding. But raising Arizona. What? What? <laughs> Equally what? That's still a what. Anyway, I think the thing I will say is I think Bridges is better than Goodman. So that's like my. I, I think Goodman's the second best performance in this movie, but he is great. Should have been nominated for this, and probably should have won that year too. Uh, I haven't seen it still. When I just said Jeff Bridges and Bowman says it, hey, first place is opening up, everybody. Um, good bar. Uh, Nathan Lane in the Birdcage. It's one of the funniest performances I've ever seen in my life. The smearing toast scene 
is just ingenious. Just like the way that he's spreading this butter on this toast is so great. Uh, it's just like the face he's making too. He's just like, yeah. um, and just like the composure that he has to hold uh, during the dinner scene. It, it's so funny. The the things that it's just like the delivery is amazing. The range of like different comedic like styles it's so funny um it's i think on my list at least my n number two comedic performance of like all time so yeah the act like a man scene is like one of the best <laughs> things i said this in my review the fact that they did not do more movies together williams yeah. and nathan lane is kind of a like a travesty like those two had such chemistry like, the whole plot of Birdcage is fantastic um, overall. And especially when his son comes home and he's like, you need to act funny. Have you ever seen him? <laughs> There's no containing him. And he's, like, throwing a fit before it's, like, special. And he goes up and it's like, well, fine, we'll put this part. Like, yeah. um, Nathan Lane just has a delivery that has always worked for me. Like... Like in the producers, like I like the I like parts of the old producers, but he is always the standout for that movie for me because he knows how to his comedic timing is unmatched. Like I think he's one of the best. He does not get enough credit for his com comedic delivery and like where he can just drop it and the different inflections and stuff he does in this movie. Absolutely incredible. Um, him and William and kind of Williams having to be like the. <laughs> No pun the straight man, um, to Nathan Lane in the birdcage, but like not be the over the top funny one in birdcage, which is, which we know that Williams can do serious, but it was it was a uh, he let Nathan Lane shine this entire movie. So, and then for him to back up the comedic points works really well. Um, what thoughts? Did Fred Flintstone just get mentioned as a character? As Jogovic's best performance? Yeah. I mean... Ooh. Ouch. Um, okay. Uh, everybody else on Nathan Lane in the Birdcage. It's been a hot minute since I've seen this one. I remember really liking him and Robin Williams in it. Um, but yeah, it's been a while. I can't really comment too strongly on it. I love all of the dinner scenes. Like, just with the way he talked to Hackman and Weist is, like, so much fun. Uh, this is a great performance, very fun performance. What? I, I don't know. I'm torn, because this is an incredible comedic performance. I, I'm a, I was a little shocked it's this high, but it's funny, so I get it. Comedy's hard. That's why it's high. It's high. I mean, there are a lot of great comedic performances, but yeah. We'll see if you keep carrying that tune a little bit later down your list, Bowman. Um... Uh, go ahead with your number 20. My 20 is Dustin Hoffman in uh, Lenny. Uh, this, I think, this is my favorite Dustin Hoffman performance. I think the way that he tr completely transforms into this character is astounding. Uh, like, there's, the, the, like, I love the sequences of him performing the stand-up routine. They are so funny. And yet there's, you can sense a little bit of pain to him too. And then the scenes within the drug addiction, but there's still that sense of the, the comedic nature to him. And I think it's such a fantastic performance. I feel like 
so many elements of what makes Dustin Hoffman a great actor show up here. I love his performance in this. Yeah, so um, I'm really glad I got to this movie before I think Bo did, which was great for me uh, because normally he points out all the great ones, and I'm glad this one resonated. Yeah, um, just watch this, rewatch this this week. Um, I forgot to log it, but um, it's a, it is definitely, um, it's my third favorite Hoffman performance. Um, I still love the first two more than the Rain Man and, um, uh, uh, Kramer versus Kramer. Um, it's just though something to do a little bit more for me. But Lenny has such a strong character um, of who he's able to transport. And I didn't know much about Lenny before watching the movie. So that kind of made me like dive into like Lenny as a uh, character. Um, so yeah, great choice. 20, I definitely see it. I, I know how you sit on it. So I like, I can't really, uh, you know, fight with you on it because I know how you said on one of the movies for Hoffman but this makes perfect sense for you especially I think you really like the director too I think it helps you with this right Isn't I, I, do, like I dig Fosse I dig the heck out of I don't love Cabaret I dig the heck out no of no one should really dig Cabaret if we're being honest Cabaret is pretty trash it's not great it's I dig the heck out of Lenny and all that jazz. I like those I can't wait to watch all that jazz with you one day um, watch me You're not gonna uh, like all that jazz. You're not. I'm gonna. gonna uh, Cody and I are gonna be on the same side of all that jazz, where it's like. But anyways, Lenny, great performance. Hoffman, his versatile, like, like he's like he's a great actor, but he like falls sometimes into the character actor kind of roles, like where he is. But like, yeah, he does a great portrayal of Lenny. And you claim he should have won best actor for this year. Yeah, Nikki girls yeah. are here. Don't wow. point yes, him out. I if they pop up, don't pop them up. Um, okay. Um, okay. Uh, everybody, who has who has seen Lenny? No. Uh, I have. Okay. Talk about uh, and I think he's great in it. Um, I think it's a terrific performance. Um, very funny. I like the way he embodies all of the like um, live like stand up comedy parts of it. I think he does that really great. Um, I think twenty's a little high. Um. I, I think this is valid to call it Hoffman's best. It's not my favorite Hoffman, but I get it. Um, but yeah, I think 20 might be a little bit too high, but I can't really argue with it. Yeah, I just happen to like other Hoffman performances better. That's all. Jack. I already said I haven't seen it. Oh, that's right. Sorry. Um, okay. Um, uh, now everybody's 19 because Jack got skipped, right? Yep. Uh, so my 19 is Andrew Garfield in The Social Network. Bar? My number 19 is Al Pacino in The Godfather. My 19 is Marlene Dietrich in Witness for the Prosecution. Um, uh, Jack, pay attention. Jack. Forget his I name. He's frozen. Oh, there he is. Oh, great. Oh, okay, I'm back. Okay, my 19 is Javier Bardem in Skyfall. Never gonna win your list sucks now. Never gonna win your list sucks Where'd you have no country for old men? Like, a couple spots lower? Um, I should also say, though, that I had Bardem in Skyfall, but it was way back at... 40-something. No, I don't even think it was my 40s, bro. 
maybe six. I'll find it. I'll find it. It's it was back in the lower half of the list. I'll find it. It's a okay, long list. Go ahead and start talking about your nineteen. Go. Uh, so Andrew Garfield, the social network is my favorite part of the social network. I think that he brings a lot of humanity and life to the movie, um, which is what you need to balance off of the sort of lifeless, uh, kind of, um, cold performance of, uh, Jesse Eisenberg. I think they have a great contrast, but I think Andrew Garfield is the part that resonates more with me. Um, I like everything that Garfield does, uh, the way, like at the beginning, he's just like, I, I got punched by the Phoenix and like the way he's so scared to talk to Jesse Eisenberg about it. Um, down to like everyone talks about the ending, but the ending is like where he like really does get his big moment where he gets to like be angry and you're plugged in now, asshole. Can you hear me? I'm coming back for 30%. I'm coming back for everything. Like, I think he does such a great job when he finally explodes at the end. But like, even when he's like interacting with Brenda Song's character and like how genuinely scared he is in those moments, or when he interacts with Timberlake and how genuinely annoyed he gets by Justin Timberlake. Um, I think Garfield is, is the glue of the social network um, in a way that this movie would die without his performance. So, Other people had that, um, right? Uh, yeah, I had him at 50. Yeah, I, I had him at You had him at 68, by the way, Coho. 68, okay, there we go. Okay. Jack, where was it? Uh, mine was 29 for Andrew Garfield. So you're next. Yeah. Andrew Actually, Bar, your Bar, yeah. go and Jack leave and come back. Bar, okay. Um. So yeah, Garfield is my favorite part of this movie. Um, I think another really great scene um, is when he finds out <laughs> about the chicken. Um, it's just like a really, it's a, it's a pretty funny scene as well. He he, he gets to flex his comedic muscles there for a little bit. Um, but yeah, like. Coho's right. The the scenes with Brenda Song, um, the, the the I'm coming back for everything, and the hurt in his eyes when he's in the deposition um, with like all of the lawyers. Like you can tell how much this really hurts, even though he's still really angry. It's a great performance. Bowman, did you not have this performance? I did not have this on my list. Okay. Okay. So. Okay. Uh, Garfield was, uh, Andrew Garfield was my 29, I believe. Uh, he's incredible in this film. Absolutely the best part of it for me. Uh, he, he's the per, like, like Coho said, he's the perfect contrast to the cold performance that is Jesse Eisenberg's, uh, portrayal of Mark Zuckerberg. And I think he is, he steals the show in every scene, uh, in, in, in the little things that, uh, in the little things that he does throughout the scenes, uh, like, uh, he's incredible, but the best scene, and it's been talked about to death in this community, it, it, it's in the outro, uh, but it's the best scene, uh, it, it's absolutely the best scene, is the I'm coming back for everything scene. Absolutely incredible uh, moment, and a great performance overall. Love this film. And... Um, I think, I mean, I think that clip has been in our outro probably since the start. Since um, you've had an outro. And I think it's it's it, most people would say it's probably coho based, but it's much, as much as me too. I love that scene. I love that character. Um, he plays such a complex character. Um, to be fair, I think I've been sleeping on Garfield for a little bit too long of how talented an actor he really is. Um, probably because a guy with purple hair likes to just like fluff everything in the world. Um, I just uh, I just. <laughs> 
I just sit there. Listen, and... I'll fluff Andrew Garfield any day. Okay. Phrasing. Phrasing. Uh, uh, you don't get to lecture me on phrasing with "Oh God, I'm gonna come" being a thing you said three weeks ago. That was a typo. Anyways, anyways, sure. anyways. Um, this performance is very complex. Um, I don't believe he steals every scene he's in, and I think that's an incorrect statement. Because I think Eisenberg's doing a lot of heavy lifting in this movie. Just but I but it is how he's written because if you look at both characters, listen, Sorkin did a lot of like polish and buff and like um with that script because both characters in real life not that into like not fun to listen to. Let's be real with ourselves. Um but he's a character that basically knows that he's actually the smartest in the room. Um but doesn't have it to match Eisenberg's like or Zuckerberg's like uh, brilliance, um, because he's like I see everything going wrong with this, but you can't see it going wrong, and w- basically don't trust this person. I don't know if this person and why he's doing all that. He's getting undercut underneath, and he has no clue it's coming. That scene is just real emotion. Um, I would say that scene has helped his case because if you don't have that scene in this movie, I don't think we talk about him at all. But when he's like he's wired in, he slams the thing and he looks at it in now. This is about the fucking chicken. Um, it's great overall. Um and like now it like I love like looking back on the story of the social network and how many people are billionaires from this. Like the legal bosses are billionaires, he's ten billion, Zuckerberg's got seventy billion. So like there's everybody's doing quite fine from this story of the uh, Facebook. Um, and I think everybody's kind of probably happy they didn't invent Facebook at this point. Like, <laughs> like they get billions and they don't have to deal with anybody on Facebook. So, um, yeah, Garfield, great. Um, pro- probably <sighs> second best performance from him for me. But uh, great performance um, overall. He's great. Um, other other underrated moment that we didn't talk about is, is you're the inventor of Facebook and you don't know how to accept a friend request. Um, this is a great part for him. Um, Bowman, only one not to have it. Kind of a shocker for most people, I would say. Um, I, don't I don't think that I don't think that hurts you for not having him, but it's kind of a s- weird situation because yeah, I how think much it's you weird love for me this movie. I do love this movie. I I honestly. Th- Thing. In hindsight, I think I probably should have had them just if I'm looking at had him if I'm just looking at my own personal opinions. I don't like what's going on in the comments. But if I'm time going out. time out, I kind of time out Spence and Payson. No, I'll Payson. actually Payson. I'll actually tell you what basically happened. I went I said this was a bad idea, but I went through like who my winner in each category of each year was. And Garfield at the time was not my winner for Best Supporting Actor. It was Christian Bale and the Fighter. Christian Bale and the Fighter didn't make the cut. In hindsight, Garfield is now my winner, but that's kind of what took Garfield out of consideration. Don't draw attention to it. Um... Oh, I misclicked. Oh, shit, I misclicked. How do I fix that? How do I fix that? I misclicked entirely. Fuck. I meant to click timeout. How do I fix that? I don't know how to fix it, but anyway. I can, uh, Sorry, Spence. I totally fucked up. Give me a second. I'll fix it. Come as Okay. Uh, oh, yes. You missed it. Do you still have the fighter? Do you still have bail in the fighter higher than this now? No, no. I'm saying I reevaluated that, and I would have Garfield higher than bail. I just, I think 
for whatever reason, I just watched the fighter and I really enjoyed Bale's performance. And I had if you go to settings, Coho, under guest, look at van guest. Yeah, I, I got it. I got it. Oh, in the can I do that in the stream yard? I think so. Okay. Anyways, um, okay. Bar. Oh no, no, that's in the stream yard, not in the YouTube. Can you like real quick like approve me to be on the um? There we go. Never mind. I fixed it. We're good. I got it. We're good. We're all good. Don't worry about it. We're all fine here. Everything's Bar. fine. How about you? Yes. You're whatever number. 19. 19. Al Pacino and the Godfather. By the way, this has been yikes. Some people in the chat are like, what the hell? Like, we, this is I have that, I have we, that lower with my loophole. Okay. Uh, you will get to talk right after this, so just be ready for it. Ready right. for the bombardment from everybody else. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, so, Al Pacino and the Godfather. Um, this is a performance that... It's, it's an incredible in the sense that you see the build of the character so clearly. Like at the beginning in the wedding, he's like, yeah, I love my family, but, you know, I don't I really don't want to be associated with them and their business methods. Um, and then, like, the moment you get to the scene where he's at the restaurant and you he just you zoom in on his face and you see every gear turning in his head, like in his eyes, he's just like reading the room, reading his emotions, reading what he needs to do in this moment. And you see the snap and the break. Um, it, it's just an incredible moment of acting. That scene alone should get him on anyone's list. Um, but the build of the character is just so clearly displayed in Pacino's performance. It's, an amazing uh, job. Uh, yep, yeah, now we're over to me. I would say, here, okay, elephant in the room. I have Al Pacino for both The Godfather and The Godfather Part Two. Reason why, it's honestly just way too hard for me to separate the two performances. That's, that's the reason. Uh, I, I think that you need both. You need both. Godfather Part Two might actually, in my opinion, be the slightly better performance, but I don't think it's as impactful without Godfather One, and I don't think Godfather One works without the the coda of the performance in Two. I think you need both. That's why I had them because it's just too hard for me personally to separate them. I think Al Pacino is phenomenal within the transformation within both of these films. The way within the first one you see the you know, kind of distaste for what the family does fade away as he really wants to protect his family. And then in part two, you see the wanting to protect the family go away completely as the way he deals with Fredo or Kay or whoever. There, I fixed it. Now we bring gonna, you back. Gonna... We bring you back, and that's the first thing you do. Listen, I feel bad for accidentally banning them, so they're gonna get like they're gonna get like a two stupid take pass before I time them out again. <laughs> I knew. Each well, other I don't know that. who Bowman is, so. I... <laughs> um, if I it's had to really time. sit down and measure performances or. In like where I put it, Al Pacino, Godfather one, probably my bullet number one. Um, I honestly think this is the greatest acting performance. That being said, 
I also get Bowman's take on it. Um, as somebody that did the whole bloody fair, I am a fan of, you know, uh, bending the rules a little bit. Um, he is the he is yeah, the greatest right. he is the greatest character probably in film history for me, and it's what he's able to do from film one to film three. I I, I hold the two at the where it is. Um, those two performances alone are insane. He starts basically as this kind of like goody two shoe of the family, not like not the guy that gets in file. He's the one that got out. Everybody else stays in. He kind of got out of the business. He doesn't stay in that. He like and Kay like ask him. He's like, don't ask me about my family's business. Like we don't talk about that stuff. We just move on. Um, from where he ends the movie, which talking scenes. Uh, <laughs> Shots fired. Um, I think overall, he um, where I, he ends with one of the probably my favorite scene in film history is that baptism scene um, of where how how far he's gone to have any other Al Pacino performance higher or anything. I understand if you need both performances, but I think it's ludicrous. I think he's absolutely doing more in this performance. Than he's ever done in any other movie ever. He starts one way and ends completely the most feared man in the history of mobsters. Like he is the man. He literally takes out every human being and everybody is fearful of this man. So I just. Uh... Okay, thanks, sir. Bye. Bye. Um, but The Godfather. Al Pacino, absolutely great performance, but you've done something that is really detrimental to you. You have put the Godfather from Al Pacino at 19, and now you're going to tell me there's 18 better performances. You better sell me on them because this is going to be really interesting. Now, Boatman have him. Don't throw me under the bus. 16. Oh, I'm sorry, Paul Giamatti. That was based on the way Cody's about to treat me. I didn't even do that today. Bowman had this at 66. Now, you get the most credit of anybody. You've had, you have him at the top. You have him at the highest. That is the one of the greatest things to do in this moment. But what you claim is higher is going to have an effect. Now, yes, Bowman has 65 other ones to account for. We'll see how it goes. Um... Mm -hmm. All right. Great, great job. Uh, everybody, who, okay. So this is an interesting conversation. Coho and Jack. Jack, you didn't have Godfather, is that correct? I didn't have have you seen the movie? Like, what's years happening ago, in Edmonton? Not since. What's happening right now? You have like, <laughs> the perfect Wi Fi every week that we've done this show, and now it's dying? What, because they're in the playoffs? What are we doing? You're losing money in your state or in your territory or your freaking body of land? What are we doing? <laughs> body of land. Leave the call and come back. I'm going to replace you with Kirk. Coho, you didn't yeah. have Al Pacino. You had Al Pacino in Godfather 2. You Part did two. not have it in 1. Yeah. Why are you maybe wrong? I need you to leave Jack um, and come back. 
I'm gonna kick him over. There you go. You just, there you go. Fix yourself. Um, I I think he's better in part two than part one, but I can understand the argument both ways. Um, he's he's more of a central focus in part two. That's why I gravitate more to him in part two. I can understand the take. In, I mean, you can argue that it's like him and Vito, but like I think like in part two, it's more so about Michael. Kind of now that he has the power, what does he do with it? What's he going? How is he going to run all this? That's more interesting to me than him getting it. But I can understand it being interesting both ways for most people. I chose part two to rep- to be my Al Pacino Godfather pick. I think he's better as Michael in part two. So, so I can understand having him in part one. I think he's great in both. Okay. I, I I just was never going to do the bullshit thing of I'm going to put two performances in the place of one. Yeah, does anybody else, Bar, how do you feel about Boatman having the two? As long as Boatman doesn't give me any more shit if I put two performances from the same movie right next to each other, then I will be fine. That's true. Boatman had Boatman did something more egregious. He put them in the same spots. Kirk, I don't know if you can defend his list, to be honest with you. I really don't. I don't. Yeah, Kirk. Kirk, (laughs) Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I would take Kirk on the show as a panelist if he can sincerely put up a good defense of Jack Pinchuk's list at every pick without a sense of irony, without Uh, a hint of irony. He's got. He's got five minutes to come back. Okay. Um. Okay, Bowman. My 19 is Marlene Dietrich in Witness for the Prosecution. I don't want to spoil it. I know this is a super old movie, but there's still probably a few people in this movie who haven't seen this. But there is a scene within this movie. And then the reveal about that one scene that should in and of itself tell you why Marlene Dietrich is incredible within this. Because she has to do a job that involves convincing a character and convincing the audience. And frankly, I was convinced. Uh, And I think the quality of this movie, while I love Lawton and he was on my list, to me, her performance is what sells the movie. I truly believe her performance is what you need in order to believe the what is happening all the way through and the twists and turns. And it is such a phenomenal performance. She has to do so many different things and layers on top of layers on top of layers. It is a phenomenal performance. I love her in this movie. The fact that she was not nominated is absurd. So I owe Boatman an apology. Um, I'm terrible with actors and actresses. Besides, like, Charles Lawton, that's kind of my grandfather. Um, when I looked at this character, I thought we had a conversation one time that you liked a certain character that was the nurse. And I thought... You I do the- like the nurse, but that's... <laughs> I thought you put the nurse at 19 all week. And I said, oh, vote me. So then I said the comedy defense. I was like, good luck. But no, <laughs> you're correct. Now, I don't know how I feel... About Lawton being so far down, no, he didn't have Lawton at all, did he? No, I had Lawton. I had Lawton. Okay, I thought. But I'm kind of with you. The duality of this character alone—more like triality. That's true. Oh, right, 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 right. 
the trilogy of this character. All in all, she plays basically three characters. <laughs> I won't give the whole movie away, but she plays three. Then she is crucial with all three of these characters. Um, I'm a I'm a huge fan of courtroom drama. Uh, <laughs> clearly, why I've probably watched the Death Herd trial for like the last twenty days. Um, because uh, I'm just obsessed with. I wish I was a lawyer. I screwed up in life. I'm just saying this right now. I should have went to law school. I just wish I was a defense lawyer. Um, uh, but this is a really good performance, and this is a really good placement. Um, because I thought you had the nurse hired than Liddy for no thought, and I was like, "You're so stupid, you moron!" Now I have less hate for you. Um, yeah, great choice. Nineteen, I would say too high, but I'm not going to say too high. I think this is pro. This is in my top 15 movies of all time. I think Witness of the, for the Prosecution is absolutely incredible. Um, I kind of wish, because this, is this a play? It's yeah. Agatha Christie's play, yeah. I wish, like, in high school we would have done this play or something of it. I think this is so. You could have so, pulled off Lawton. I think this would have been so fun to put on. Uh, um, Bowman. You. What? You're so you just like them. What a sick of fans. No, I no, hey, no. you are Charles. Like your grandpa. He's right. He's right. (laughs) Working. Um, you're good. Um, well done. Uh, but yeah, great choice. Great choice. I think that's great. I I I want to watch this movie again right now after just talking about it. I and this movie was in my top fifteen, and I said if a rewatch takes it down, that's when it loses me because this movie is so on the twist of this movie and it holds up on rewatches, which is absolutely incredible. Billy Wilder I, does not miss. I do just want a quick shout out. Elsa Lanchester is very good as yeah. the nurse. She's not top 100 material, but she's very entertaining. She's actually number five. It. She's actually number five on his list coming up soon. No, just kidding. Um, all right. Uh, everybody else. Um, I also, when compiling the stuff for this list, thought Bowman had picked the nurse from Witness for the Prosecution. And I was ready to just watch him explode. No, this is a great pick. Um, I've only seen the movie once. Um, this is a performance that could break in. I thought she was great when I watched it the first time. I am an Agatha Christie stan. I love all of her stuff. So when I was going through Billy Wilder stuff and saw that he directed an Agatha Christie play, I was really excited and I, it held up. It was great. So, yeah, good choice. Um, looking back on it, um, I should have put this on my list. Um, and I think I was blinded by the fact that unfairly, I will admit, unfairly at the time, um, having known the play beforehand, kind of knew things that were going to happen. And I think I unfairly got hindered by that. Um, but yeah, she should have made my list. This is a great choice. Who plays the guy too? Tyron Power. Is that him? He's also great in this movie. Like everybody's firing on all cylinders in this movie. Like when they play their parts, like he overacts, but it's part of the character where he has to. So I think I think they all play really well together. Um, I mean, Jack, you haven't seen this. Uh, no, but after seeing two of Lawton's performances in the past like month, I'm very excited to watch this when we get to it. Jack, let All me right. tell you, this this is his best performance, and I've seen the two that you've seen. 
So, I know. Um, I know. Jack, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna work on a watch list together. All right, we're gonna make you better by the end of this year. Um. Anyways. Uh. Yeah. Here we go. All right. Uh. Talk about the greatest Bond villain of all time, and that's because Javier Bardem absolutely kills it in this performance. I will say. I haven't seen the last five mores, but I guarantee you, I would bet money on it. They don't beat Bardem in this uh, because he is the perfect, and I mean perfect villain. Uh, that the his opening monologue to uh, to to Bond is phenomenal uh, with the rats. That one of my favorite scenes, one of my favorite monologues. Uh, I love it. Uh, but his real his relationship uh, uh, with M throughout the film, like that, uh, just very compelling story. But it's uh, yeah, no, it's all because of Bardem. Uh, if it, if another actor plays that role, it's not nearly in in the same same uh, realm of. Oh my goodness! It's not even close to as good. Uh, I I love him in this performance. I don't feel well. I'll be back. Uh, so I have him at sixty-eight. Is that where I had him? Is that where you said I had him? Uh, something like that. Uh, yeah, sixty-eight. Yeah, okay. Um, I I disagree with some of the things Jack just said. Um, I I do not think that Javier Bardem is the only person who could play this part and make it great. I just think Javier Bardem is really entertaining. Um, and I really enjoy watching him play a Bond villain. Um, I think that he's really fun to watch be one step ahead of Daniel Craig. I think the way that they have that sort of back and forth through that movie is really entertaining. It's nice to ha give Bond a villain that like, like just I hadn't given him a Blofeld. I feel like that, that character before we got a Blofeld was the first time we had a villain who, when they talked and had like back and forth, it was engaging and like equals speaking to each other. Um, and I really enjoy that. Um, I really enjoy Bardem in this movie. Uh, I do. I would say he is my personal favorite Bond villain. Um, but I wouldn't say it's like, oh, he's like blowing every single Bond villain out of the water. <laughs> like Blofeld's, you know, a great villain. And honestly, I like Le Chiffre by Matt Mikkelsen also a lot too. But this is my personal favorite performance of a Bond villain. Uh, and it was down at 68. I mean, say what you want. Like Bond, Bond has had some great villains over its time. Maybe campy, maybe stupid, maybe thing. But sometimes they're not the problem with the movie overall. Um, maybe written pretty poorly, but um, Skyfall is my favorite Bond movie. Um, and it's 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 basically those two. It's Casino Royale and the, uh, this. Um, I don't know if he's that great of a villain. Like, he's a great performance, don't get me wrong. But I think it's how much we're, like, invested in him at this point, and Craig, and, like, it's kind of the first Bond that has, like, an overarching story. So, like, they're all connected, basically. So, like, the other Bonds are like, oh, you're Bond, you're showing up to another mission with Bond. But, like, they have, like, actual things. Um, uh, the teaser reveal is the best person. Um, that's, that's a great moment. Um, sorry. Um, uh, but yeah, the overarching things work. I just don't know. 19 is way too high. 19 is way too high. I agree with that. 
Okay. Um, all right, we're going to start with 18s. Um, oh, I don't oh. get it. Talk about yeah, I don't really like to listen to you talk anymore. But no, go uh, ahead. You can talk about it. Uh, uh, yeah, I I really like the concept of giving us what like I know we see it before with like Sean Bean a little bit, but I I think this is a really an example of what happens when we get a character who has the mental and physical capabilities of James Bond but one who is just pure evil. And I think that's what Silva is. And I really like the character. I think I like the character more than for the performance, but I do think the performance is good. Don't know if I would say top 100 word. Um, yeah. Uh, great performance, um, but not top 100 worthy for me. Um, just real quick, Kirk, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, please uh, message me. Uh, all right, we're gonna go to 18s. Um, starting with Coho. Uh, my 18 is Steve Carell and Little Miss Sunshine. Is this where it stops? I believe so. Glory. Okay. Um, Mark. My number 18 is Bob Hoskins in The Long Good Friday. Um, uh, both my. My 18 is Jimmy Stewart in It's a Wonderful Life. Um, I had that back in the uh, 41. 41. I know that for a fact because yep. of the movement. Um, uh, Jack, what was your 18? Uh, my 18, let me just get back to my list. Uh, yeah, it is Ray Milland in The Lost Weekend. Not a visceral reaction from any of us. Go ahead. So Steve Krell's a performance uh, that isn't flashy, um, but it, I think it's a really resonant one uh, that just sticks with me. Um, the way that when we first meet him, he's just so hopeless and lost and despondent, I think is like so weird when you watch the rest of Carell's work. And to see him like effectively pull that off in a way where you're just like, emotionally attached to this person from the first frame um and the way that being connected back to this family and the way that they they sort of pull him back into loving life is really beautiful to watch um to sort of push him in uh, back to finding a comfort zone and then past that i think is like really great to watch i love the relationship he develops with both abigail breslin and paul dano in this movie um and I especially out on the pier where he's talking to Paul Dano, where he like kind of lays it all out for him. And he's just like, and he's like, I wish I could fall, like go to sleep and skip all these. He's like, well, I mean, why would you want to skip this part of your life sort of thing? And like that conversation they have, I think is really great. Um, yeah, this is just a really emotionally resonant one for me. Um, and every time I come back to it, I find another piece of Carell's performance to really gravitate to and love. And of course he's got those Carellisms in there where he's like, he gets to have a funny one-liner, or he gets to be a little bit snarky, a little bit sassy, and I like that. But like through, I think the thing that impressed me was his ability to put all of his normal tendencies in a box in the corner and like just like become this character. And I think that's really great. I think he's fantastic. Oh uh, yeah, I had the forty-five. I believe yes, yeah, forty-five. Uh, I I love this movie and. To me, I love the ensemble, but to me, this is the performance that makes the movie for me personally. I think that Carell is 
gets so many tragic moments to me. Like one of my favorite scenes just ever is Corel and Dano on the pier talking. And the way Corel kind of breaks down kind of his own shortcomings and then twists it around is such a great moment. And I love it so much. I, I think Corel is fantastic. Anybody else have this? Okay. Yeah. Um, um, no shocker in this movie. I probably lean towards Alan Arkin a little bit more. Um, of the character. I get it. I get no one's shocked there. Um, I, I, I think he's hilarious. But yeah, the stuff that Steve Carell's able to do in this movie without being like the overly slapstick guy, which is like the first show like that he's not. He has more range. Is impressive. Um, I think 18's crazy. If I do, <laughs> I think 18's a little high. Because I just think this is one of those movies that falls into the ensemble range that all the players, like without one of them, they don't really work as well. Um, besides, you can cast any girl to be that girl. I just want to keep saying that because I saw somebody says give Breslin the Oscar for this, and I hate that take. Um, uh, you're not safe on Twitter anymore, Poetman. I told you this. Um, Twitter needs to let leave my Twitter alone. I got beaten up by the Return of the King people. I'm not maybe I need to. Maybe me. I just need to unfollow you on there and just let you Honestly, live, your, feel live free. your life. Live your life, you know. But that would just—I wouldn't have fun with that. Um, okay, sure. Uh, everybody else on this performance. Um, it's really good. Uh, just. Wouldn't make my top 100. Uh, this was on an early draft of my top 100, and it fell off. Uh, but it is a fantastic performance, one of Carell's best, if not his best. I love it. Okay. Um, bar. Uh, so Bob Hoskins in The Long Good Friday, it's just a really dynamic performance. Um, the... The intensity in Bob Hoskins' uh, eyes in this movie is terrifying, um, especially when he starts like finding things out, and like the deeper that he goes, the more intense that he kind of starts to get. But like, it's weird how kind of giddy he starts to get as well. Um, maybe giddy's not the right word, but excited. Um, the scene where his pub blows up. He's it's absolutely incredible, um, but the scene at the end where I kind of don't want to spoil it, but let's just say that he's in a car, and this incredible range of different emotions and thought processes flash across his face, and it's just a really solid acting performance. Um, it's a, it's a movie that I don't think a lot of people have gotten to check out. I highly recommend it. Um, yeah, he's real, real good in this. Is he better than Al Pacino in The Godfather, though? So let question. me say, if I had revised my list, I would have swapped the two, but I would have kept them next to each other. Okay. Um, I'll let the jury of your peers, uh, think if that's a fair, uh, 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 substitution. Um, I, 
didn't love the movie. I wasn't overly like obsessed with it. Bob Hoskins is by far the best thing in the movie. I agree. I'm just not maybe just not the biggest Bob Hoskins fan overall. Um, well, that's not a bad thing against him. It just wasn't my cup of tea. There's moments I like, of course. Oh, uh, God, I'm so tired. Um, uh, not. Um, I won't give away the ending either. But yeah, that's a that's a, a, a impressive overall scene. Um, how this movie kind of closes out. Um, but yeah, not really in love with the overall performance. Um, uh, but we'll see if they allow you to, if that swap, should I give you grace for that swap? Uh, rest I don't time. think you should count it, but that's where I would stand. Okay. Everybody else? Talk about it? I, seen I would it. say if I get grace for a certain thing, then I will allow Barr to have grace for Hoskins. If I do not, then I, I do not believe he should. Is it a thing that's coming up or a thing that's already happened? Thing that's coming up. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. You know what thing it is. You know what it is. I would say I would say no mercy, sweet the leg, but that's me. Um <laughs> anyway, Jack, you haven't seen this either, right? I'm a villain. Jack, you're either frozen or you're stony baloney, and I can't tell the difference. I will say, as the one person here who has actually seen this movie, I'm, I'll comment on Hoskins a little bit. Because Hoskins, I actually really like this performance. I will say, if we're talking Hoskins' performances, I would say Mona Lisa is the best he's ever been. I think he's better in Mona Lisa than he is in this. He's good in this. I think he gets to have more layers in Mona Lisa. But, and I haven't gotten to see that one yet, so watch it. You'd really like it. I probably would. He doesn't watch movies. Um, okay, I haven't seen this. Okay, boat. Uh, my eighteen is Jimmy Stewart in It's a Wonderful Life. I think that the moment that sums up this performance and why it deserves to be on this list alone, when Bailey returns to Bedford Falls, just. You want to see what pure joy looks like on film? There you go. There you go. That is that is just pure joy reflected in cinema. Stewart gets a lot of great moments. I love when he's like down. I love when he's still trying to figure out what's actually happening. But man, the last 20 minutes of this movie, when he's just so happy to be back with his family. Like, come on. That is just pure joy in cinema. Love this performance. Uh, I have this at 41. So why I think this performance is truly fantastic and will continue to climb my list the more I watch It's a Wonderful Life is that from the introduction to the character when he's younger to the end, you see J Jimmy Stewart does a great job of just playing youthful in the beginning, of just being someone who just feels young. Uh, despite him at that point, I think being in his late thirties, I think at that point in his career, um, or early forties. And he just like plays like a 20 year old convincingly. It's weird. He's just like so good at being youthful. And then like through it, you just watch him get worn down oh, and yeah. broken down over the course of that entire film to the point where by the end he is destroyed and he looks so much older and so much more weathered and so much more beat. Um, and that, I don't think they really, I don't think that's like a lot of makeup work. I think a lot of that is just the way Jimmy Stewart plays that part and like, and how all that energy and youthfulness comes back when he returns back. Well, I think it's a true character transformation from beginning to end. Um, and he creates one of the most 
well-rounded characters I've ever seen uh, through his performance. I think he is fantastic in this movie. Um, I have to ask both people, is this in color or is this black and white? I saw it in theaters in black and white. Uh, it is black and white. Well, it's going to hurt the performance a little bit um, overall. <laughs> really? Um, <laughs> no. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely will. Um, I've never seen a color version of it. Though. Um, Amazon Prime has it. Improves okay. it immensely. Um, it's a half star higher because of uh, in color. Uh, we have technology. We have to use it. Um, I still just don't understand how the Wizard of Oz was color and this movie couldn't be in color. Wizard of Oz really? looks great. It's beautiful. Uh, trash musical. Um, don't steal a dead person's shoes. Um, anyway, uh, uh, that's her sister. That's fucking rude. No wonder she wants to kill everybody. Um, um anyways, uh, Jimmy Stewart, uh, this is a movie I've come full circle on. I think it's great. I think it's, uh, the only problem I always have is I never want to watch this any other time of the year, and I get that, like, that's a thing, but, like, I can pop on most movies anytime I want. This is one of those that falls into the Christmas holiday that is rough for me because I just, I don't have any urge to watch it any other time of the year. Um, I know this is your favorite actor of all time, Coho. I'm surprised you only had it at 41. This is uh, 18. Um, for thing. His performance is absolutely incredible. It works. I think this movie would not work as well if it wasn't for him. So, that's yeah. a uh, I think it's very important for that. Can't wait till um, we get to the best years of our lives so I can see what the fuck Pete. Yeah, that's not true, too. Um, good performance, though. Not terrible. Um, uh, all right. Uh, everybody else on this performance didn't have any. Jack, have you seen it? I still haven't seen it. No, oh not God. yet. Okay. So I'm going to be upfront and honest about something um i kind of rushed through making part of my list and i have james stewart for something else coming up and it was a moment of i have stewart on my list let's keep going so that's my bad what a yikes on bikes take all right sorry we at my 18? Yeah, yeah we're on you, Ray Milan. Yeah, my 18 is Ray Milan in The Lost Weekend. One of my favorite best acting, uh, best actor winning performances. Uh, he, uh, it's absolutely incredible. Uh, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Uh, I tend to gravitate towards movies that deal with alcoholism and substance abuse. Uh, and I... I have never seen uh, a more haunting uh, depiction of it on film. The fact that uh, the film almost wasn't even made because people were so put off by uh, how alcohol was depicted in this movie. And Ray Milan absolutely captivates your attention throughout this film. He's incredible in every scene uh, from when he... Uh, <laughs> From, from the first time uh, he's he's grabbing the bottle from out the window or when he's going back to the bar, uh, that every scene he's in is just, you keep wanting him to make the right decision, but he keeps on making the wrong, the wrong one every time. And you keep, uh, you, you keep rooting for him, even though he, he keeps letting you down. And it's an incredible, 
performance. Uh, I, I wasn't sure what to expect going into this, and I was absolutely blown away, and it, his performance is incredible. I almost also had Jane Wyman on my list. The fact she wasn't even nominated is shocking, and I hate it. But she's incredible, but Ray Milan steals the show. Could be higher on my list, honestly. Yeah, that's my 22nd best actor of all time. Um, I think it's absolutely incredible performance. Um, this movie hits a little close to home, so that's why it ranks a little higher for me for most, um, because of the subject matter. Um, but yeah, great performance, great movie. I suggest anybody see it. It's kind of one that you mentioned of Wilders that doesn't carry the same note. He won. Best. This was oh, his this best actor. Yeah. And it yeah. won best picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like that's just scary, but it still doesn't carry the same weight as some of the others, so it's kind of crazy to me. Um, but yeah, uh, everybody else's opinion on this. So I like parts of it. Um, there are some parts where he's kind of acting for the rafters, um, and it's just like a little, a little over the top. Um, but I also have Jack Lemon in Days of Wine and Roses and Marsha Mason. Um, and I kind of like their portrayals a little bit better. Not to say it's bad, because it, it's not bad at all. I think Milan is fantastic in this. I think yeah, he really dragged me. What? He's on the delay. Okay, I think he really brings you in, and I don't think this movie works without Milan being as good as he is. I have never seen it. Yet. We'll get to it about eight weeks. It's a really good movie. So. I like uh, the character the first week better than the performance, I think. Yeah, it is. Alright, um, Jack, uh, have a good night. Um, um, Cameron Holtzman is coming in to fill in for Jack. Um, for the rest of the night. Um, so uh, we're going to go to 17. Better Canadian. Um, okay, what is your 17, uh, Kahal? My 17 was uh, a yikes from Boatman earlier. It's uh, Kate Winslet and Steve Jobs. Okay. okay. Yeah. Your 17, Bar? Uh, my number 17 is Marlon Brando for On the Waterfront. Right. My 17 is Cape Blanchett in The Aviator. That was my 59 earlier. Hi, I'm New Jack. My 17 is Kevin Spacey in Sussevenin. <laughs> <laughs> what, what a great I have not seen. What a great one to come in on. Love it. All right, go home. Sorry. So I know I'm like one of the two people who like wave the torch of this movie to an insane degree, but I think that the two performances from Steve Jobs that were nominated for an Oscar really deserve the amount of praise I levy at them. Um, I think what Kate Winslet does in this movie doesn't get talked about enough. I think she's really, really great at sort of being that rock for Steve Jobs throughout the movie that is seeing everything for what it is throughout the entire movie and not judging um, and just trying to be a friend and help until the very end where she can't just let it happen anymore. And 
her scene at the end where she's like, no, I will quit if you don't make this right with your daughter. And like the sort of scene where she like finally confronts him about it. I think it just, it hits, it hits so hard for me. Um, I love, I think Steve Jobs lives and dies on both Michael Fassbender and Kate Winslet's performances. And you can't have that movie work without either. Um, and that's why I hold Kate Winslet a really high uh, for her performance of Steve Jobs for being able to go toe to toe with Michael Fassbender in that movie as well. Um, so yeah, I put her at 17. I think she's, marvelous and incredibly underrated oh uh, yeah i had this at uh i have this at 48 and i think that kate winslet is fantastic here uh i i think the the way she is kind of the emotional core of the movie like here her she's the one whereas wozniak seth rogan is the one kind of telling Jobs how it is and how he's hurt people. Winslet is more of the one telling him how he can be better. You know, it's not you're doing everything wrong. It's here's what you need to be doing right. And I think that's why Jobs ends up listening to her. She really plays the role of the advisor to a T. And also I think her accent is just perfect. I, I think it's a fantastic performance. I wish I understood this movie for you from your guys' perspective. I really do. I even wish I understood the performance. Um, I don't. Um, and that's like nothing against Kate Winslet. I think she's a great actress. I just don't love this performance. I don't love it 17 either. Um, I think she's good. Clearly, there's somebody better in the film. I know we'll talk about that later because it's already been yikes. But, like, I just, for two of the performances on the list, I just don't see it. I don't see how she's like, rises above anything to make it 17th of all time. Um, Bar and Jack, uh, tell me about your thoughts on Kate Winslet and Steve Jobs. Um, I honestly love her performance in this. Uh, she might be my favorite performance. Uh, well, okay, that's not true. I had Fassbender, like, literally at, like, 98 or 99 or something like that. But, um, yeah, no, I think that she's absolutely fantastic. I think 17 is, like, way too high, but, like, on the list, sure. Everybody else left. Uh, yeah, I like this performance. I think it's good. Uh, I agree that, like, there is a clear best performance in this movie, and this isn't it. Uh, I think 17 is very very high for this performance but like i don't think it's a bad pick by any means uh yeah fair i didn't expect everybody else to just um uh, i thought about doing it just to join in but me too they probably have a secret bowman and total call about how they're uh, losing this week um, water. sure you are. um that's probably vodka uh anyways um it's not Sure, it's not. Um, okay. That's not uh, vodka. <laughs> sure, uh, the, they look the same. You're not helping that, the argument. That's I've not. Seen, it's not true. Seen, yeah. Anyone who's drank a lot of water and a lot of vodka can tell you the difference between water and vodka. I've seen four dollar vodka before and looks quite similar. Um, yeah, very that's actually, that's actually a very valid take. That's um, okay. Um, uh, bar. Marlon Brando and on the waterfront is fantastic. Um. Just like the emotional toll 
that he takes throughout this entire movie, even even towards the beginning um, of the movie when he sees uh, one of his former friends and associates get thrown off of a roof. Um, the Of course, the iconic, I could have been a contender scene, um, it, just an absolute gut punch of a moment. The scene, one of the scenes that like oddly I remember the most very fondly is when he's just walking with Eva Marie Saint's character and she drops her glove and he just picks it up and he's just like fidgeting with it the entire time. Such a great moment. And um, that was completely improvised on the spot. And it's just a smart move because uh, it just seems so natural. And then at the end, at that, I don't, that fight scene, like, God, you just feel for this guy. Um, having just gone through everything that he's gone through, you you see the emotional weight and toll in his face and body. It's an amazing performance. Uh, anybody else have Marlon Brando on the, on the waterfront? Okay. Um, I rewatched this movie. Um, I liked it more than the second watch. I did think it was boring the first time. I think it's still a little slow at times for me. Um, I know Jack, uh, I know, uh, what's his name? There's a name that goes along with, uh, Joseph hates when I say that about this movie. It's okay to be slow, but I'm like, it is slow. Like, that's how I felt about it. Um, but, um, yeah, uh, I think there's actually a performance in here that I find better than Brando. Um, uh, we'll if it comes that. up, I will talk on that. We'll talk about that maybe uh, at some point, but like, yeah, I don't want to, yeah, but Brando's good, but I think he's second best on the movie. Um, uh, everybody else on Marlon Brando and on the water. I think the problem is if we're talking classic Brando, I think Streetcar is a more lively classic Brando performance than on the waterfront. I think he just gets more to do than in this one where he's not the best performance in this movie. And I still haven't seen that one yet. So I, yeah, I, I honestly might say Marlon Brando is maybe like my third favorite performance in this movie. That's because uh, I think I think both Carl Malden and Lee J. Cobb are phenomenal in this film. Uh, the fact that neither of them won Best Supporting Actor proves that they split the vote. Uh, <laughs> I think that's legitimately the only reason. Um, but yeah, Brando's good. Like this is an iconic performance. Like I won't get mad at anyone having this on their list because like it makes sense to be on a person's list. Um, yeah. I Cameron wouldn't have had it. Jack says he wouldn't have had it, but it's a good performance. Okay. Uh, boat. Yeah, uh, my seventeen was Kate uh, uh, Blanchett in The Aviator as Catherine Hepburn. And come on, this is just a perfect Catherine Hepburn. I, it's honestly astounding. Seeing like how much Blanchett just nailed every aspect of Catherine Hepburn. That the introductory scene is so phenomenal and just feels like we're seeing Hepburn again. Uh, she she just owns every second of this movie. She has the Catherine delivery, just like the tempo. It's just it is Catherine Hepburn. She is so good in this. And you watch Blanchett's other stuff, and it's like, 
she really has not played another character like this before or since. It's honestly kind of astounding. I she is so she just transforms here. It's great. Yeah, uh, she was my fifty nine. Um, I think that Kate Blanchett uh, in this movie is almost unrecognizable. Um, where she just kind of comes into this movie and having seen a decent sample size of Catherine Hepburn and seeing Gabe Blanchett in the aviator, it's, it's like the spitting image. It's, it's very, very like similar. And the way she's able to basically resurrect Catherine Hepburn from the dead for this one performance is, is genuinely incredible. Um, I think it's not just an imitation. It's like, just like a very human portrayal of this larger than life figure in movie history. Um, and I think that Blanchett does it incredibly. Yeah, like, this is one of those performances that I didn't think, like, when I watched The Aviator, I'm like, okay, but, like, seeing her stand out and bring Catherine Hepburn, like, <laughs> back on the big screen and doing it. Like, the fact that they haven't made a biopic about Catherine Hepburn and, like, <laughs> Kate Blanchett hasn't played the role is kind of crazy still at this point. I think she's absolutely incredible in this film. Um, she did win the Oscar, or she did? She was not. She did. She won. She did, which... Rightfully deserved. I think she's absolutely incredible in this film. Um, yeah, great choice. 17, I think, correct spot if you're going to put her in this. Um, two people didn't have it on there. Jack and uh, Barr, why not? Haven't seen it. I, Cameron Holzman, haven't board? seen it. Uh, I, Jack Pinchuk, I'm going to say that I have, and I think this performance is bad to tank Jack's score. Oh, they're back. <laughs> Locked. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, Kim, tell us about Kevin Spacey and Seven. Oh, you know. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, Cameron, have not seen this movie. I have heard good things about this performance. Uh, he was nominated for the Oscar for this, right? Am I crazy? No, he won for the he usual suspects in the same year. Ah, that's fair. Um, you know, he's pretty creepy. I would think uh, he gives. <laughs> just move on. I don't know. <laughs> I would think he's creepy. Uh, I, <laughs> I mean, it is Kevin Spacey. Okay, no one else had this performance, right? No. I do not have um, I, I think I think it's a performance that's really important to the movie. I think it's very standoutish. I think it's very shock value-ish for him. I think he's very creepy. Turns out kinda is. Um, but overall, like um his performance in this is uh, kind of a two scene kind of thing. He's not really in it that much. He's in it to piss off Brad Pitt. I think the twist and stuff makes this character a little bit more than what he is. Um, not saying he's bad, but performance, I don't think so. I think there's better Kevin Spacey performances. Seven just is more of a shock value of what leads to it. The one in the box is what makes this character stand above the rest. Um, everybody else quick on seven. Uh, great performance. I considered it. It's not my favorite performance from Kevin Spacey, but I understand it. Pitt and Freeman I, are better. I, I disagree with that. Uh, but I think the way Spacey yells detective justifies it being on the list, even though it wasn't on mine. 
Detective! One yell. I I really like that yell. It's a great yell. It's an iconic yell. It is a top-tier yell. Top 10 movie yells coming next week, uh, July 11th, with Caleb Bowman hosting. Kill me. Okay. Um, Wilhelm scream is number one, the end of game. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, okay, six teams. Uh, Robert De Niro, The King of Comedy. Uh, that is a yikes. Okay. Hmm. Uh, my uh, bar. Wow, okay. Uh, my number 16 is Anthony Hopkins, The Silence of the Lambs. Jack, yikes is this. Okay. Uh, my 16 is Daniel Day-Lewis, There Will Be Blood. Jack's 16 is Michael Clark Duncan in The Green Mile. I had this earlier. I've actually seen this one. Where did I have All right. Clark Duncan. So Michael Clark two Duncan people was my get 16. to talk? Two people get to talk? Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, Jack. Oh. All right, yeah. Uh, Day-Lewis and There Will Be Blood. Talk about a transformative performance. The way this character starts and where we just see the mental deterioration of a character. Like, it is astounding the way Day-Lewis just completely transforms into this role. I, like, I, I feel like this is another one of those Oscar-winning performances that kind of got ruined by a line being memed. I drink your milkshake being memed hurts because I feel like people just kind of think of this performance as the voice of like, I drink your milkshake, which like, yes, it's a it, that's a fun line to say, but that scene is really, it's a mentally broken person doing the only thing he has left, which is destroying another person. It is it is phenomenal. I I love this performance. Yeah, it's been memed, but overall it's my fourth, I think fourth, fifth, uh, best actor for win. I think it's absolutely incredible. Like when he's screaming and that vein is poking out of his forehead and he's just like, what I don't know the exact line. My, that's my son. My boy. Like he's just screaming. Like that's just insane. Like he is. He completely transforms in this character. I used to not love the movie, like the performance. Now I'm more on love the movie, love the performance. I think he's absolutely incredible. I think he is. Um, I, I just think he's awesome overall. I just think he he does so much with this performance. I honestly think it's his. Yeah, I think it's his best win. Um. Yeah, he's absolutely incredible. Good choice. Sixteen. No one else had this. Yeah. You hate PTA. Go ahead. I haven't seen. I do hate PTA. How are you? I've never in love <laughs> I've never. I've never. Holtzman, uh, they can say the same thing about how good you're at trivia. You answer stuff that you've never even seen the movies before. You didn't even you know, know what, what color purple was. Well, I've never seen that movie. <laughs> I um. I hate you. Go. I was gonna. I was gonna say I'm not a PTA fan. I've never really loved this movie. I've seen it once. That's like it. Maybe watch it. Uh, I think this is a really good movie. That's I think this is a fantastic performance from Daniel Day Lewis. Uh, yeah, just the way he. I was gonna say slowly descends into madness, but he like kind of very quickly descends into madness. Like it is exponentially just a sliding scale downwards. Um, and yeah, just like all of his interactions with like dano as both of dano's characters uh yeah and then like like that even when he's trying to be like 
nice there is still that like sinister like snake like i know he sells actual oil but like snake oil salesman to him at all points where he is just like trying to bring you in always and make you trust him even though you shouldn't i think it's fantastic um yeah um go ahead uh jack uh yeah jack's number 16 is michael clark duncan the green mile Jack, you did it. You picked something I've seen and that I support and that is good. Well done, sir. Um, yeah, this performance is phenomenal. Uh, the Green Mile uh, is a great movie. And I think, like, if you don't have a performer as great as Michael Clark Duncan at the center of it, this movie does not work. Uh, just, like, he is someone who is so charming and able to, and, like, like with how dark and grim and depressing this movie can be at times, like he is very charming and your heart breaks. Like when the bad things that happen to his character happen, uh, his, his final moments where he's talking about like being afraid of the dark and not wanting the bag on his head. And you can just see the emotion on his face and his tears is phenomenal. Um, yeah, I, he is easily my winner for this year. If not like my best, supporting actor winner for all of the 90s if i have to pick one i think this performance is incredible um uh yeah i had this at 60 sorry i was checking where it was uh i still don't understand how he lost um i think he's brilliant in this movie um he's just like the emotional heart to me um i've only seen this movie once but like this this performance was very high for my range of movies where it's like, I've seen it once and I don't have a lot of like draw to go back to the green mile as often, just cause it's three hours. It's a lot of like emotional damage. Uh, but I think that Michael Clark Duncan is brilliant and should have one. He's phenomenal. I'm a sick human being and I like pain and sadness. So I've watched this movie more times than I can count. Um, I just rewatched this. I don't feel the runtime. I feel the emotion weight. Um, basically, there's a scene um, in this movie where he gets back from treating the warden's wife and basically grabs Percy and they're back. Um, and puts the basically all the stuff into Percy, and then he goes and takes care of um, the racist um, Sam Rockwell's um, character. And basically, I had to punish him both, boss. Um, and there's a scene in this movie where Hanks sits down with him and goes. Do you just want me to let you, uh, like, drive you out somewhere and let you go? And Clark Duncan looks at him and goes, why would you do something stupid like that? And, like, realize, he goes, because when I get to my maker and I have to answer for him, I'm taking out of one of his gifts. And, like, Clark Duncan just rides the lightning, just goes through it. Um, there's a scene also in the theater um, where they're watching Top Hat. I Top Hat. Maybe? Top Hat. And, like, it, it plays again in the beginning of the movie, and he has this reaction to it because it's so visceral because of this. It's just one of those, like, lighthearted things 
man that did nothing wrong got sentenced. And basically the punishment for killing, you know, coffee is like, he has to live out his days and watch other people die. It's crazy. Like I love the supernatural, but Clark Duncan is just like generally like nice guy. Like when Hanks gives him the cornbread and he's like, it's yours. And he's like, I think I'll keep the rest to myself. Like, just won't give it to Sam Rockwell's character at all. Uh, I love it. Um, yeah, great, great performance. Should have won an Oscar, gone way too soon of an actor, too. He was a fantastic actor, too. So, a um, few people didn't have this. Shame. No, I'm an idiot. I'm an okay. idiot. Okay. If I thought about it more, it, it's sort of like Marlene Dietrich. If I had thought about it more, definitely would have made my list pretty high too probably in like the 40s 30s yeah i i should have had this i didn't i should have walking the green mile okay the 15th okay y'all remember when i had hamilton at number four? Um, oh jesus christ i'm very i'm very quick to anoint things this is my favorite performance from this actor. I've seen this movie four times now. Andrew Garfield in Tick, Tick, Boom as Jonathan Larson climbed this list every version I made fast. Anyway, I'll come back to it. Bar, give me, Bar has that. Yeah, I have that. Boat. Uh, yeah, my 15 is uh, Robin Williams, Good Will Hunting. Yikes. My 15, or Jack's 15, is Liam Neeson in Schindler's List. Okay, so now let's talk about it. Uh, it, kept, it kept climbing and climbing, where this is where it's at now. Um, I think what Andrew Garfield does is a performance that speaks to the very essence of me as a human. I love Jonathan Larson uh, and the performance uh, that Andrew Garfield gives, how, um, how like definitively theater kid, this is this is a very theater kid performance, and he like nails it. Um, the ideas of this movie and of this character of running out of time is just an idea that I I, I constantly connect with, um, whether it's Hamilton or Tick Tick Boom, uh, and clearly so does Lin Manuel Miranda. Uh, but I think that what um, what Garfield does, I mean, obviously he sings, and he sings really well, <laughs> so like you could take that when we didn't know he could do that. But I, I'm more so focusing on what he what goes through when he finds out like spoilers when his friend has aids um and when he remembers back to their relationship and all the things they've been through and now worrying that he could lose his best friend amongst all the other friends he keeps losing to the aids crisis um the struggles he goes through uh with his girlfriend um which i think is genuinely a great relationship between the two um and just like the constant pressure that he feels throughout this movie i think garfield wears it really well um, and is just super, super engrossing. This is a performance where I don't see Andrew Garfield. I, I genuinely don't see Andrew Garfield. I, I see Jonathan Larson. Um, it's my favorite Garfield performance. I, I, I adore it. And I will get slandered for having it at 15 too soon. I mean, you have another Garfield performance at 19. Yeah, and this is better than that, that one. arguably better. <laughs> He's better than this one. He is. Is he? It's close, but yeah, they're like a couple spaces apart for a reason. I think they're two of the best performances I've 
scene and they're right next to each other for a reason. I think he's incredible in both. <laughs> this is my Oscar winner from that year, but like he's great. God, Cody's eyes roll back farther in his head. They're going to escape through his ears. Listen, this is my Hamilton pick of this list, all right? I mean, I just don't even know where this even sits. Like, I mean, our, so question, can you answer? Do you have Denzel Washington and try to take my best? Um, I don't. Uh, okay. But it's it's because I held myself to two 2021s and I chose Kotzer. And yeah, well, I'm just saying, like, that performance I think is better than that. It's like, I, I also think that those, I think Denzel's great in that as well. I think that's another great performance. I think it's just great. 15 not. I, I think Troy Coster should have been 100 this 99. <laughs> sure. This is this is me being me about it, to be fair. So I'm just surprised it's a 15. That's fair. I'm I was too. When I, made, when, I, when I sent in my last one, it was 15, and I was like, yeah, that's where it stops. I'm just whatever. I don't. I like. I like this movie more on rewatch. I don't think his performance is great. Uh, like over the top crazy. Like I think he's good. I think. Sure. I think he's also good in Tammy Faye. Like I think he's a good actor. I he think he just does good performances. I just don't know if I ride that high. So. That's valid. No, I get maybe that. I'm this not. Is, maybe I'm crazy. Is... Maybe we have enough supporters on this panel that will like agree that it should be 15. But we'll let them know. Go ahead. Nope, not for me. Um. I think that I think that this is okay. a great perform I think this is a great performance well deserving of its Oscar nomination but 15 is insane. Okay. Okay, Jan. I'll take criticism from Boatman from Holson, not you, buddy. Uh I I think Holland this Garfield's best performance is my biggest problem here. I think That's that it. Silence. You don't have, you don't even have his performance in silence on your list. Number and three. I think silence what? That's my number three, but for him, but I get it. I understand but where I, I I think silence is his best performance as an actor sure. and probably um rewatch. Silence could make it into my top one hundred. His performance in silence, I mean. Listen, Malcolm, you're not I almost made the troll pick of putting Leslie Odom Jr. at like number three and fucking with everyone. I almost did it. I like this performance. It is my best actor winner from last year. I think maybe if Andrew Garfield had slapped Chris Rock in the face, it would deserve a spot at number 15. (laughs) But you know he didn't, so you're insane. I could see this being like somewhere in like your 50 to 70 range, but 15, yeah. Yeah. Spence Chill. Your number one would have been fucking Renee Zellweger in Chicago. Really? Something like that. It would have been not even the Chicago. best performance in Chicago. I know. I Catherine Zeta Jones is the best, ones. but they think Catherine Zeta Jones is like the seventh best person in the movie. Um, which is Queen Latifah? Stupid. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, when you're mama. Um, when your mama. <laughs> uh, go, somebody move on. Yeah. So, uh, 15. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman in Capote. Um, so, okay. I kind of like Philip Seymour Hoffman, I, I put on here once because he would be on here an awful lot. Um, and I think Capote is his best performance. Um, the way that he just transforms into this person is kind of incredible. The way that he carries himself like physically, uh, absolutely the, the voice, but not even just like the sound of the voice, but the cadence it's incredible. 
incredibly close. Um, I think that this is one of the best captures of a real-life person uh, caught in film. Um, and just the, the transformation and the likeness is just so spot-on. Um, but then you even get, like, all of the emotional scenes. Um, like, when he's talking to um, the guy that he eventually kind of, like, falls for, um, the murderer, um, you can tell that he's kind of, like, wrecked inside. Um, it's just a, an amazing performance that really captures, like, very closely Truman Capote. Oh, more naked girls! Did somebody else stop drawing attention to it? <laughs> Uh, I had this. I did have this. Uh, it was back in the 60s. Um, I can't go as far as Barr does with this performance where I won't call it the best recreation of a person who lived in film or anything like that. I think, one of. I, I think that Philip Seymour Hoffman is one of my favorite best actor wins because of what he does here. I think he's really great um, at embodying Truman Capote uh, and giving him layers uh, as not just being an impression, but being uh, a, a rebuilding of a very complicated public figure. Um, and I think he does it really well and um, very interestingly. Uh, I don't think this is the best Elvis Seymour Hoffman performance. I think it's probably, uh, I think according to my rankings, this is the second best, uh, but I still think he is very good in this. I, I, I like the performance overall. Um, I I have it in my top 30. I, I find the character extremely annoying, uh, but I understand. He was like, an annoying human. <laughs> uh, yeah, annoying. that's Truman Capote. That's fair. I just, that's, that's why I sit there and take it. Um, I just, I'm very, but it's Hoffman. He does a great performance. I'm glad he got an actor like the win. I think he transforms into this character. You just never want to cut, watch like Capote on a Monday night. Like it's just never one of those like things that you just want to do. So like it doesn't have the rewatchability. So the performance is like what I remember from it, but I never just want to jump back in and watch it. But great performance. You're not going to get any fluff from me for having that 15. Um, yeah. Everybody else. The callback to Capote on a Monday night just made me so happy. Uh, that, 2019 was a simpler time. Uh, no, this is a great performance. Capote completely transforms here. Or Hoffman completely transforms into Capote here. It's great. I have not seen this. Jack has not seen this, but it's Philip Seymour Hoffman. I will never disagree with any putting of Philip Seymour Hoffman on a best acting list. Because, like, the man is one of the greatest <laughs> actors of all time. Oh, yeah, it's my turn to talk now. Uh, yeah, Jack's 15 is Liam Neeson and Schindler's List. Uh, I'll be honest, as Cameron, I have not seen this movie in a while. I have seen it. Uh, I think Neeson is good. Uh, I think he is a very, very solid performance. I think the the scene at the end uh, where he's saying, like, if I had sold, like, this pen and, like, if I had sold, like, these last few things, I could have saved, like, one more and one more and one more uh, is just an incredible and heartbreaking moment from the performance, the way he is able to carry this incredibly long and draining movie and like just fill it with the energy that he brings to it 
is very, very impressive. Um, I will say commenting on Jack's ordering of things, I think Rafe Fiennes should have been ahead of Liam Neeson in this movie. I think Fiennes is the better performance. But yeah, I think 15 is high for Jack, but also it's Jack. And for some reason, he enjoys torturing himself and says this is one of like the top five favorite movies of all time. Yeah, so I watched this today. And I'm tired for a reason. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, uh, I'm tired for a reason. Uh, this movie's drain. Um, as like, there are parts that I laugh and enjoy Green Mile. Not a whole lot of laughter in Schindler's List. Um, it's a movie I respect a whole hell of a lot. I think the performance, I agree. I think Ray Pines is the better performance of the two. Uh, even though Liam Neeson's the character that, you know, has those great moments. Um, yeah. I told myself when I was like 18 that I probably would never watch Schindler's List again. After a day, I'm probably never going to watch Schindler's List again. If you have this in your top 100, if you do, hats off to you. I just can't do it. It's so hard. Like, you want to talk about one of the darkest moments in world history. This is one of them. And just to hear, watch it play out. And it's dev- like it's devoid of color. Shut the jacket. But it's just like this so is complete. Oh, my God. Jesus. It's just so, like, I just felt like I was, it never let up. Like, I felt like I had, like, a stack of, like, bricks on my chest. Like, I just felt so much pressure. So, I say, I, Jack Pinchuk, like feeling bad. And that's why I cheer for the Edmonton Oilers. (laughs) I think they're in the, are they still in the playoffs? Yeah. Unfortunately, yes. Um, Okay, but yeah. So, yeah, everybody else on this performance. Um, still, I I don't still, love Schindler's List. Uh, I think it's a great movie, but I will never watch it again. And I I think Liam Neeson has like one really great scene, but like the rest of the movie, I'm not really looking at Liam Neeson's rest of his performance. Going oh, top fifteen of all time. Um, I think he's good. Like I'm not gonna take that away from him. I think he's very good. I just think that that one scene is really all I gravitate to from that performance as being. Anyway. I swear to God, he's if he rewatches it, he's suddenly gonna be like, "Oh, it's one of the top 20. Um I, d- I don't think I'm ever gonna watch it again, but sure. Well, so remember how back when we... <laughs> if it's an hour and a half and going sonic speed, let's go. <laughs> um. So remember back how when we were talking about Robert Shaw for Jaws, I said there were four performances that I was really mad that I forgot about putting on my list. This is one of them. Sure. You've also had a few tonight that you felt bad about. You just not feel happy about your list at all. I kind of so, I brushed my list because of how much time I had. It's I mean, not that bar is lying about how many. It's that bar does not know how to count to four. Yeah. Look, I'm not going to take this shit from the twelve of you. But. Anyway, uh, I think that this is honestly like the third best performance in this movie. Is my honest opinion. I think Kingsley and Fines are both better. I think Neeson's good. I think Kingsley's I better. And I think Fines is incredible. Um, okay, just real quick before we move on. Um, I don't know much about hockey, but uh, did, is it true that the Edmonton Oilers lost eight to six? Do you guys have a goalie? 
we we do just evidently not a very good one. Apparently, he just didn't want to show up because eight's a lot of goals, like a lot. Unless you're Will Cohen and they count for two points. Um, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he once believed they were worth two points. You got him. Um, no, Jack, uh, you don't. You don't get to come back. No, you don't. You're sick. Go away. Um, why Jack is already on screen. Personally. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what yeah, you're talking yeah. about. Jack was All so right, sick he regenerated into his. Four teams. Robin Williams, Gibble Hunting. Yeah. Rita Moreno, West Side Story. Uh, Paul Dumont, yeah. Sideways. F. Marie Abraham, Amadeus. Yeah. Yikes. Oh. Yeah. No, maybe, yeah. Gibble Hunting stops here. Somebody this is finally this where it stops. This is where it stops. Uh, Robin Williams and Gibble Hunting is one of the best performances I've ever seen in my life. Um, I think one of the best monologues I've ever seen delivered is Robin Williams when he's sitting with Matt Damon on the park bench and just as your move chief, where he just completely dresses him down for the first time. I think it's a great monologue. Um, I think Robin Williams, I mean, he is the perfect mentor figure. He is able to be snarky and sharp when he needs to and defend very well. But I think he's also very warm and very lovable and very kind in this movie, and it's just genuine. Everything Robert Williams does in this movie is just pure genuine. Um, I, I really feel when he says, like, when you came into my life and you saw one penny of me and you just ripped my life apart, I um, I can just feel the pain in his voice when he says, you ripped my life apart in that moment. I think, he's, I think he is the standout performance in this movie, one of the best to ever win the Supporting Actor Oscar. Um off the back of one of the best original screenplay winners of all time. Um, phenomenal performance from Robert Williams. Yeah, I had this at 15. Yeah, uh, Coho pretty much said everything that could be said, but some bet you stole my line. And the scene in which Matt Damon first meets him. What? I was saving it because I know Cody likes that line. That's oh, fair. Uh, but the scene in which uh, he first meets Will, and Will hits a nerve, and we actually see this character get a little bit rattled and he like chokes pushes like will up against the wall like that's great yeah this was my 45 um the it's not your fault scene uh is so goddamn good like you can tell that this is i think robin williams must have had a conversation like this with someone because it's such a emotionally resonant and like hard hitting scene. Um, yeah, no, he's absolutely fantastic in this movie. Sean Bean and Fellowship of the Ring, Andy Serkis and Lord of the Rings, the two towers, Ian McKellen and Fellowship of the Ring, Vigo Mortensen and Return of the King. These are all performances that John Noble and Return of the King. These are all performances that I, Jack Pinchuk think are better than Robin Williams and Goodwill Hunting, which I had at 87 Jesus. That's where, my opinion. Where is my great performance? Deserves to be this high. As Jack, eh. <laughs> You're muted. I don't know why Jack's getting mad at me backstage. I'm just stating his opinions again. Yeah, yeah he's just stating. You can't be angry with somebody that's talking exactly what you said. Yeah, dude. Um, yeah, we might want to cool your fucking jets. Um, hold on, I'm trying to find something right now. Yes, he's not, this from, is, he's not from Winnipeg, so he can't. This is where this movie should be. 
this performance should be. Um, it's in my top 100. I think this movie is absolutely incredible. Um, he is absolutely fantastic. Um, my favorite scene, it's not a shocker, it belongs around Fenway Park, um, where he talks about Game 6, and they're calling, God, go, 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 with my place to blah, 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 we're at the game, blah, blah, blah. Oh, how, how that place was, I don't know, I wasn't there. You weren't at the game? No, but you should have seen her. She was, she, she was amazing. Like, that scene where he boils it down to, he could have been the greatest moment, but he's meeting the love of his life. It's absolutely incredible. It's a heartbreaking scene. Um, I just, like, love this performance. I love this movie. Um, basically, Matt Damon and his intelligence is able, able to basically... Un, like beat people down, undress them, make them look completely stupid, and humiliate them any time he wants. But his match is somebody that doesn't allow his ego to outshine him. And it's Robin Williams in this performance when he talks to him as the one figure that won't let him get away and won't let him settle for mediocrity. It's basically everybody in the friend group. He's the smartest guy in the friend group, and no one else will let him know that he shouldn't be with us. Like I think, I think even Ben Affleck at one point in the movie is like, "If you're still here, I'm not like doing this. Like, you you messed up in your life. Like, he pushes everybody away because he's not going to. Williams takes him. I absolutely love the scene in the beginning when they talk, and he puts his hand around her. You ever talk about her again? And I'll like he. I don't know any big word. And then when he leaves, and the guy comes in and goes, "So," and he goes, "Yeah, next Wednesday, uh, bring him back." Like. Trying to beat the shit out of this guy. He's like, nope, I see it. Bring him back. Um, and then that note at the end, basically, like, uh, when he reads in the note, sorry, I had to see about a girl. Son of a bitch stole my line. Just hits so well. Good choice. Um, for having an 87, absolutely stupid. Um, uh, all right, we're going to. Good job. Oh, great, great 14. That's a solid 14. Saved your 15. Great fourteen here as well. Let's talk about it. I yeah, I read them right one, now. I had this one in I think uh, thirty somewhere, twenty somewhere. Yeah, I think I think that sounds about right. Thirty-two, thirty-two. There we go. Um, yeah, Rita Moreno. God damn, she's incredible. Um, and it's one of those performances where she's doing everything. The singing and acting and dancing are all incredible, like equally incredible. Um. And it's just like the delivery and the punch that she adds to some of these lyrics, especially during America, uh, and the playfulness that she like tosses in there, and like the the kind of like that roast mentality that she keeps throwing at Bernardo. Um, it's it's so fun and infectious. But then you get scenes like a boy like that. Um, where the rage and the sadness and the frustration are all starting to pour out. Um, and then you got to talk about the, 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 the gang attack scene um, where she's at Doc's candy store and the Jets essentially, you know, uh, assault her. Um, and just as she's running out, saying that uh, that uh, Maria is dead um, 
man, it like her performance in that particular moment is you feel every ounce of rage and it is completely justified. It, it's just a magnificent performance with so many different layers. Yeah. Um, I think that during America, she's brilliant where she just gets to have that. Like, I love the Island Manhattan and just completely just has that back and forth with Bernardo of like why she loves this place. And to see all that like genuine optimism about this new place that she's at die in by the end in that final scene where she is like, I hate it here. I hate you all. You're all animals. And like to have that transformation. Don't get me wrong. I love Ariana DeBose in the new one. I think she's great as well. But I think Rita Moreno is one of the all-time most iconic musical performances ever. And one of the best if not the best supporting actress winner of all time. I think she's brilliant in this movie. Um, yeah, I haven't ever done this, but like thinking back, like if I had to pick like musical actors and actresses like in performances, I think she'd be up there in the top 10 for me. Um, I've said it on record. I think America is the best um, musical number in any film um, yeah. or any musical, to be honest right. with you. Um, with the choreography, the dance, everything that mix along with it. There's other ones that haven't been adapted to the film properly yet that would crush them, but they haven't been properly yeah, filmed yet. Know, so I get a, I get a, I get a take on that. Only um, had a good uh, Valjean, that'd be great. Yeah, um, but her basically, her character of like, listen, I love where we live. Like, you can go back on that place if you think, but let me tell you, this is where a lot better because everybody that have have come here like you you're out of time and like they're trying to live on to the old things and like hold on to the ones that like thing and she's able to put in her place and basically as she's like giving that like venom speech basically um to them and like putting them in their place just absolutely her performance is great um yeah if if you, she just did the performance of america it could arguably be on the list but she does a lot more with her acting and she basically basically does the, like keeps Maria away from a situation that probably is not the worst situation she could have been in, but they just couldn't see eye to eye, but she's just trying to be the most protective and ends up losing people in the process and it's heartbreaking. You can see her emotions. And honestly, if you pick Rita Moreno from West Side Story 2020, the new one, I couldn't be doing, I think she also gives an amazing performance so in that as so, switching yeah. role. Like, and it's crazy that character is so powerful that two people have played it on film and they are both like fantastic. So, uh, and, and she gets a help from the character, that's for sure. But, um, yeah, a criminally underutilized actress of her time. Yes, for real. I agree. Um, uh, everybody else on this character. Yeah, no, it's, it's a fantastic performance. Shut up, Spence. She's not better, Spence. Call me crazy. I go back and forth. I go back and forth between the two. I don't. Know I think I if we're if we're being fair, no offense. I think Debose gets a lot of benefit from using her as a as a catalyst to build the character of. That, like, I mean, that's true. fair. That's fair. But I'm saying if we're just viewing both in a bubble, right? 
and just the performances. I don't know. I don't know. It's okay. called, I right now on my supporting actress ranking, they're like this, and I have Debose higher, but that could go back and forth once we do that rewatch with Mike. I think that's really well fine right now. Remember when I, Jack Pinchuk, had Rachel Ziegler from the new one and not this performance? Pepperidge Farm. Damn uh, it. No, uh, as Cameron Holzman, absolutely top 20, no question. Like, this is a phenomenal, brilliant performance. Deserves every accolade she's gotten. Uh, I fully agree with the statement that Rita Moreno is, like, criminally underrated and underutilized outside of this performance because uh, she is a phenomenal actress. Yeah, no qualms with this. But as Jack, again... Rachel Ziegler from 2021, better than this, according to me. Let's tune in next year to see if, like, Ariana Grande and Wicked surpasses this. We'll find out. <laughs> Only time will tell. Hollywood. I, I, for, I forgot until two seconds ago that she was fucking A. How I'm do so they excited. fuck up Wicked? How I'm do so they excited. fuck up Wicked? Okay. Yeah, it shouldn't be a movie anyway. I can't wait um, to see James Corden as Bach. Oh, kill me. <laughs> so, All right. <laughs> He's gonna be the house. The Russell Crowe is gonna role. be the wizard, guys. Russell Crowe is gonna be the wizard. Yeah, absolutely. I think Russell Brand, honestly. But um, anyways, uh, <laughs> Bowman. <was laughs> uh, let let Meryl Streep play the water that gets stuffed on her. Uh, my fourteen is Paul Giamatti in Sideways. Uh, yeah. Uh, I someone else didn't get punished for that. Anyway, uh, Paul Giamatti in. I said you didn't get punished for it, so I shouldn't either. That's all I'm saying, Bar. You don't get to play wounded puppy like you always do. Anyway, Paul Giamatti in Sideways. Paul Giamatti in Sideways is a phenomenal performance. I think that the way in which he navigates the character of Miles is so fantastic here because he has to do so much. He has to play... The, the neurotic side, he has to be angry. He has to kind of, he has to be both with Jack. Because I do think it's the better performance when compared to Thomas Hayden Church. Because we have to see the negative effects of Miles while also seeing why Miles being cautious hurts less people. And it's such a, it's such a dynamic that I think Jumadi just brings it home. I think he is so good here. When he is on the pier or the the bridge or whatever just sitting and talking to thomas hayden church of like i'm so insignificant i can't even kill myself is such like it's a funny moment but it's also kind of heartbreaking yeah i had this at 42 um this is a phenomenal performance i think that he captures depression really really well um and but I think the thing that really pushes this over the edge is how believable he is in delivering the passion for wine that he has, because um, you believe that he genuinely, really loves and appreciates the art of making wine, um, and if you're really good at that, you can make me passionate about, you know, how passionate you are, um, so. And he also gets to be really funny. The scene where he finds out that he didn't get, you know, the the book deal 
Um, and he just chugs that entire pot of wine. It's a really great moment. Uh, especially the little flip he does with the pot at the end. Fantastic. Um, I had this at 47. Um, my favorite part is is to piggyback off of the scene that Bobo was talking about. I think it's the part right past it where they're having that conversation between Miles and Jack and, and they're eating and he's like, I'm a thumbprint on a window of a skyscraper. I'm a smudge of excrement floating out to sea. And Jack is like, see, that you're a great writer. You, I could never write that. And he's like, I couldn't either. I think it's Bukowski. I think it's just like a great, it shows that like comedic back and forth between the two. I love Giamatti in this. I think this is a role only Giamatti could pull off. I think he steps into it and just hits a home run uh, as this just really depressed guy who sort of finds the good in life. I think that's like a type of movie that I just kind of like and a type of performance I'm drawn to um, is just the, the people finding the fun in their lives again. I think Giamatti does a great job at that. Uh, so, yeah. I'm just going to say dress the elephant in the room. Somebody did not get punished back in 40, and that's fine. But Barr also had some super heavy hitters that week. So I think that's overall why he won. Didn't matter about that. Anyways. And Coho had it in the same range. So I had it at 47. I didn't do with anything. Coho didn't 47. win that. Coho didn't my... win that. So what? Oh, he, had, he, he had Joe Pesci and Goodfellas. I understand. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you didn't get docked, and that I'm now talking to Bar. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to Bar. And Bar's like, Coho didn't. Coho didn't last week, and I'm like, Bar, this week or last week, I'm not talking about Coho. I was talking about you. That's that has nothing. Fair. to do with Anyways, um, back to the important person in the room, me. Um, I think I think Paul Giamatti is um, the best part of this movie. I don't love the movie. I don't overly love the character. I think Paul Giamatti has been better in other movies. I will just stand by that. I think he has. I absolutely love him, and I think he's the scariest human being alive in Love and Mercy. Um, I think yeah. he is the most unlike himself. I think this is probably the most like him that he's ever like. He's. I think this is kind of how Paul Giamatti might like actively concern in some parts. Not the depressing things, but like the highlight parts is drinking wine, just chilling. Possibly him. Um, I love Paul Giamatti. I have no problem with him. Just we're in the top half of this, and there's some heavy hitters. 14 just way too high for me. I'd put in the 40 ranges if you're going to put it there. I think that's a really good spot to have it. Um, oh, what an arbitrary number. What an arbitrary range. I'd say in the 40s. 50s, maybe 60s, but, you know, 14. You're Do I hear here. 70s? <laughs> 88 Not going once, two. going twice. Um, okay. So, yeah, so, uh, again, I think Bowman just really wants to be, like, drinking wine and, like, listening. Oh, trust like, me, if you think he wants to drink wine, I've seen him drink wine. He's not a wine drinker. <laughs> He's not I, an anything uh, drinker, let's be real. Uh, <clears throat> co coconut drinks from Buffalo Wild Wings are shit, apparently. <laughs> if, that's the, if that's the case, so anyways, we're going to move on. Uh, on that I have I Cameron have not seen this. Jack I assume has not seen this. Yeah, probably. Okay. Thirteens. Thirteen. What was Jack's? Fourteen. Jack's fourteen was F. Murray Abraham, which got yikes. Oh, okay. Thirteen. Coho. <laughs> like I don't. Tom trust Hanks, you Philadelphia. I had that one at thirty-one. Uh, my thirteen is, is James. Yeah, I have it. It's the last one. I had it a little lower too. I had like seven. Yeah, it stops with me. So. 
Jack had it also. My number 13 is James Stewart. And Mr. Yikes. Yikes. Smith goes to Washington. Really? My 13 is uh, Peter Finch in Network. I had a look. Jack's 13 is Ellen Burstyn in Requiem for a Dream. <laughs> oh, what a shock. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a great performance, but... Never overall, change. Never change. Um, okay. Shout out to Jack Pitchuk. Go ahead, Cole. So I really love what Tom Hanks does in Philadelphia. Um, I was expecting good things because obviously it's his first Oscar win. But I wasn't expecting what I got. Which is like probably one of the most genuinely fully realized performances from an actor that I do really like in Tom Hanks. Um, and I think it's a career best. Uh, I think what he does in this movie is really special. I love the I Am Oblivion monologue where he's sitting there like with the opera blaring and is just just sort of letting himself come out through the music while just talking about the piece to Denzel Washington. I think that's that is to me the moment that encapsulates exactly the best of Tom Hanks in this role. Um, I think he's great when you see him in lawyer mode. I think it's great when you see him in court. I think he's great at all that stuff. But that's that to me when he just does the "I am oblivion" is just like an emotional gut punch to me. I think that's just a great, beautiful performance. I think he's phenomenal. Yeah, I had this at the reverse of this, which would be 31. Um, and yeah, the, the I Am Oblivion scene um, absolutely encapsulates how good he is in this performance. Uh, I think the library scene is also gotcha. a great moment of acting and when he's on the witness stand. Um, but also the scene where like he's he's discovering that he's being let go from his job. Like the the pain and the confusion and the anger are all just like bubbling um in him in his spirit uh yeah it's uh, an amazing performance and totally deserving of the oscar win uh jack had this at 57 what can i say about this performance? uh i mean it's it's tom hanks he won an oscar for it I haven't seen it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have this in the 70s range. I don't talk too much on it, but just the physical transformation alone. Wow. Yeah. Um, I think he gets a lot of credit for the, the physical transformation, which is not a, a knock. But I think that's one of the main things we remember. I think the performance is really good in this because just how he, like, plays a really sick guy and i know that's all takeaway like you've got you like he plays that character really well up until the very end um and basically how he like i i like looking back in history i've said this before like how we treated the aids pandemic back then is kind of like the one of the most like disgusting things that we could have done to people um he but he portrays that and I think Denzel helps him elevate this character. It's not surprising he went back to back. Like I mean yeah. um he just does an insane performance in both roles, regardless how you feel about the two roles. He does great work in both. Um so thirteen's very fair. It's in my it was in my top one hundred performances, so I can get behind Tom Hanks in Philadelphia for sure. All right. 
bar. What's your 13th? Oh, we skipped mine because it's um, the Mississippi oh, Smith goes gotcha. to Washington. Gotcha. Um, boat. My 13th is Peter Finch Network. I think that, come on, like one of the most iconic rants of all time. Like the that scene where he just has a breakdown is so perfect. And then I love I love those scenes, but I also love the scenes where he's not freaking out and you just kind of see him normally and you realize like part of it's an act, but part of it's kind of him deteriorating. And as he uh, kind of allows this part of him to manifest, the real side of him kind of dissipates and I think that's a really fascinating dynamic and I, I think he is so perfect in this yeah oh somebody else had it I had an 83 Go ahead, um, I I do think like I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anywhere is, is like a great scene and the defining scene of this performance but I think my favorite part is the way that he William Holden interacted at the beginning of the movie um, I think the way that they talk to each other. And then at the end with Finch now sort of at the height of like living up to what he does is just coming out and being this like giant, you know, like symbol to people and having it end the way it does. I think it's like a really like, that's another powerful moment as well. But yeah, I think he's fantastic. Um, Networks movie I've only seen the one time. Um, and I, I had three performances from the one movie, which shows you that this movie has an incredible cast. And Finch is one of the best parts of it. Yeah, I think Finch is in my top five um, actor performances that won. Um, there's a lot of great performances in this movie. That's my number three. Um, he's absolutely incredible in this performance. Like, um, I, we've used in a while as before um, as the thing, like, like how mad he gets and how frustrated he gets with everything. And honestly, the stuff he's talking about, like in his speeches, stuff like his stuff, like I, I get the anger, I get the frustration, I get what he's going for, like on that thing. But like the movement that he creates, basically, and like how charismatic he is with what he's able to talk about, and like up until the like the scene at the end, it's just it's 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 incredible. I love like how he handles it. Um, yeah, great, great performance. Uh, Thirteen, definitely deserving. Could be a little higher, honestly, um, but I understand. Um, Jack, you missed my good side like eight weeks ago. Like, what are we talking about? Jack has not seen this film. I, Cameron Holzman, really like this performance. Is my number three best actor winner of all time. Uh, just a fantastic performance. Um, yeah. No oh, problem yeah. being 13. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, oh, no, okay. No, go ahead, sorry. So I think that this is another one of those performances where there's, like, a lot of great people in the movie, so I had, all, like, I couldn't really pick one, so I just kind of decided to leave them all off. Well, Jack That's has never seen this. That is a fair, honestly, fair statement with Network. There's so many good performances, so I, I would understand that method of it, too. Jack's never seen Network, but he's seen Requiem for a Dream like 37 times because he needs help. Um, and number 13 is Ellen Burstyn in that movie. I think she talks to a fridge at one point. I don't know. I haven't seen the film. Um, and but no one else had her, right? No. <laughs> no. 
Now, overall, of the move of a character performance, she gives an absolute insane performance. She is absolutely crazy. Um, she's absolutely hopped up on drugs. Um, assuming that's what's happening, I don't know if she's really doing it. She is really strong. She's the best part of the movie. But this movie is hard to watch. Like, this movie has... N- I have no desire in watching this movie ever again. It is burned into my thing. Poor... Is it Jared Leto? Is that her son? Yep. Yeah. He damn steals her TV and sells it and, like, makes her go crazy and they have to buy it back out for more drugs. It's nuts. If you sat through this movie more than one time, you need to be into a room with padded walls. Um, you need okay, help. What about What about six? Well... Must be from like Canada. Six rooms. Must be from Canada. Um. Anyways. Um. That's how many goals they scored. Six and they lost against Avalanche. Um. Almost as many as they like. Anybody else seen this movie? I've never been in the mood. Never seen it. Oh. I think I watched half of it once, but I don't remember. You probably read the wiki of this when you were like fourteen. Um. Uh. Anybody? Okay. So twelve. Yep. Uh, yeah, my 12 is Christoph Waltz and Glorious Bastards. Oh, I had that a little while ago. Oh, um, hold on. Yikes from Jack. Okay. Okay. My number 12 is Christopher Walken and the Deer Hunter. I think Jack had that earlier. Yeah, very earlier. I also had that earlier. Uh, my 12 is Jack Lemon in the apartment. I had that earlier. I had that earlier as well. Jack's 12. Fucking let's go. Caitlin Deaver, short term 12. I can talk about something. What a perfect person to be out here. That's, that's fair. Yes. All right. So, <clears throat> if I hear a Natalie Wood joke, by the way, after this, I'm going to literally remove the person from the call. <laughs> You're going to remove Jack from um, the call. All right. Let's am do I it. also, I assume impressions are right out. Correct. Okay. So Christopher Walken and the Deer Hunter, um, he is absolutely the best part of this movie in my eyes um, because he goes from this guy who's just like this really great friend that you would love to have. He's singing Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons with you. Um, and then he just breaks and it's not even just a break it's a complete shatter um the the last russian roulette scene just the intensity on him just like the fact that he's been able to survive this long doing that um and he's he's just so intense uh in that, that moment um it's a heartbreaking transformation to watch. And if Walken wasn't as good as he is at this performance, it may not have worked as well. Um, yeah, he's absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Jack had this at 69. Nice. I can't even say nice because that's insane. I haven't, I haven't seen the movie. Um, I had this lower. I had this in like the 50s range or something. Um, I don't remember where I had it. But anyway, Walken is fantastic in this. It's like, it's honestly not even recognizably Walken. Like, it feels like nothing else he's done before. Like, that, those last five minutes, just phenomenal. 
yeah, walking goes to a different place in this movie. Um, never mind. I said I don't do a joke of it, and I was going to make a reference to it. Um, but walking seen some shit at this point, I think, and he just has this like glazed over look. I'm really surprised you have this on your list because I think this has been uttered from you numerous times about overrated. Um, this yeah. movie, um, you just don't like weddings. I think is the major point of it. Um, but it goes on and on. Well, where the fucker's about to go, I think they need a little bit of light and how, like you're about to see some shit. Like let's have some joy and happiness. And we get anyway, that at the bar scene. You shut your mouth. I am talking. Um. Yeah, walking performance. That Russian roulette scene is one that's been etched in my brain since I've seen it. It's terrifying. Just how, especially you see him at the wedding and where he goes, and like the the soulless look at the very end. Like that's how good of a performance he gives. Great performance. Twelve is a little high for me. I probably wouldn't put it. I don't think he's miles better than De Niro. I think that's my only takeaway. Is what you said. I think De Niro and him are basically step for step. I, I wouldn't say miles, miles, but. I would say it's step for step, but just because, um, like, I think he gets the edge because of the end, honestly. The Western world set resides on him, but I think De Niro trying to save him at the end is pretty powerful, too. So, um, Coho? I haven't seen it, but I'll get to it when we get there on Wireless. Or not Wireless, uh, Picture List. Do never compare my show to Picture List. Okay? I'm sorry. No, I've Listen, heard how you when, guys talk. When you allow me to wear my purple glasses and scream that in 1787, Jack or I have pinched because yet to see a tit. Okay, Listen, I'll As do that once. Jack I'll up do... here, I can confirm is true. Never seen one. I <laughs> once. I will say that. I will say. I will allow that once. You don't put Hitler in your uh, promotional material to Let's bring people to watch. We've already got two weeks past that. So it's still it happened twice. Yeah, that's on You don't bring up the Are you saying that we should ignore the atrocities of Adolf Hitler because they <laughs> happened a long time ago? <laughs> Checkmate. Checkmate, Brainiac. Um, okay, next one. Uh yeah, this is me. Jack Lemon, the apartment. Uh I think this is just a masterpiece of blending comedy and drama. I think that's what this performance is. Just you take the funny Jack Lemon character and you put that over this inherent depression and loneliness of a character. CC Baxter is an incredibly sad character who just wants to be liked. That's all he wants. And you see the lengths in which he goes to woo people over. But there's still that funny lemonist, right? Oh, he's making the spaghetti with the tennis racket. He's doing these goofy things. But even when he's doing these goofy things, there's still that inherent loneliness. And I think that's why I love his performance in Days of Wine and Roses. But I, I thought about it, and I was like, no, this is Lemon's best performance. This is the pinnacle of one of the greatest actors of all time. Uh, I had this at 55. Did anyone have him higher than 55? I have Jack had this at 44. I have it at 81. Uh, yeah, 
as Cameron here, uh, I don't know if you follow me on Letterboxd, but I've been on a Jack Lemmon kick lately. I've been watching a lot of his movies. Jack Lemmon is great. He is fantastic. I have not gotten back to this one yet, but I've seen it before. I do really like him in this movie. I think, like, yeah, he has, like, he is able to convey both, like, the comedy that you get in some of his more comedic performances and the sadness that you get in performances like Days and Wine of Roses equally well within this performance, depending on the scene and, like, the environment that his character is in. Uh, just a fantastic performance. I probably take Days of Wine and Roses over this personally, but I will not fault you for having this here at all. Um, yeah, this is my second favorite Lemon performance. Um, I think that the reason that I pick Days of Wine and Roses above this is that I think that um, there's a particular scene in Days of Wine and Roses for him acting that I think stands out a little bit more than any particular scene greenhouse. in the apartment. Greenhouse. Yeah, the greenhouse scene. Um, I So I think that just because I think that that one moment I think of more than any moment in this is the reason that's higher, but it's still on my list and it's still amazing. Um, my favorite part of Jack Lemmon's performance in this uh, is a little moment, it's like a little scene, uh, when he has the new hat and she's in the office with him, and she's just despondent. And he's just like, should I wear it this way? Should I wear it this way? What do you think? Because he's finally on top of the world, and he thinks this is what, you know, is going to make, like, he wants to look the part, and he just can't, he can't see what's wrong with her. And I think that that's a great moment from Jack Levitt's performance. I think he's terrific. One of the best community performances uh, of all time. He is fantastic. I've always seen The Apartment once. He will climb my list. Um, so the apartment, I understand if somebody put of Wine and Roses higher, I disagree because I think that's the most different than Lemon's ever been, but this is, this is Lemon, like this is his performance, this is his ballpark, this is where he resides the best, um, like he may do other things really good, but like this is where he shines. When he's doing the top hat, the hat thing, and he goes up to the front line, it's like, I've got great news for you. I'll take it. And he's like, and he has to give over the key to his place for him to, like, that's just crushing, like, at that point. Um, he has such a duality in this performance of, like, happy and sad, basically. He's just a genuinely nice guy, but gets ran over by everybody he ever meets. And no one sees, the like, that he deserves a shot or he deserves a break which is hard to, like, sit there and take. Um, so those are the points I love. Um, it's got top five movie quote for me all the time. I've decided to be a mensch. You know what that means? A good person. Um, like, just let's freaking go. Like, um, when he stands up to her. Like, this cast, this movie is just so good. It's, he's got a... It's... C.C. Baxter is, like, top... One of the top movie characters for me. I just absolutely adore him. And, you know, Charlie McClane just, you know, pairs with that really well. Um, okay. Go ahead, Colton. You actually yeah. have to talk for a little Number 12 from Jack Pinchuk, Kaylin Deaver, short term 12. Uh, full disclosure, as Cameron Holzman, were I to submit, I heavily considered putting this at number one on my personal list when I made one to potentially submit for this. This performance is brilliant i think the fact that it wasn't even nominated for an oscar is insane because i think 
truly this is one of if not the greatest like child actor performance of all time the way that like when you first meet uh Jaden Caitlin Deaver's character in the movie and she is just like so closed off and like bitter and caustic towards the people around her or even just when she's introduced it's like oh what's your name Jaden it's like oh that's a cool name it's a boy's name really Will Smith thought so like the way she is able to just like tear people down with the smallest of comments despite them trying everything to help her is incredible and then like the big moments of just like emotion that she has in this like the two big standouts uh i'm gonna try and go into this with as little spoilers as possible because i know certain andrew barr haven't seen this yet um there there's a scene uh with involving a cupcake where she is absolutely insane and it's so good and just like the pain and rage that she has during that scene where she is like screaming at and spitting on Rami Malik, like is incredible and so, but like so difficult to watch. And then her performance in the scene of the octopus and the shark is the most devastating thing I've maybe ever seen on film. It is so hard to watch it brings me to tears every time I see it, but she's so captivating. And the way as she's telling the story, she just breaks down and breaks down. And you see the revelation of what the story really means is just incredible. This is one of my personal favorite performances of all time. Jack, you did it. You did it, you son of a bitch. I just don't know if you put it at 12 because it's short-term 12 or what was the actual Because re- his rankings haven't made sense the entire time. Um, oh, don't worry. You, It'll get worse. <laughs> me and you are on the same page. She will she will have an Oscar at some point in her career. I think she's absolutely incredible. Uh, this movie wrecked me. I don't like this movie. <laughs> I like this movie, but I don't like this movie. Um, yeah, the, the there's a scene, the octopus scene is like really hard um and i think how she tells it and how she actually like gives us a portrayal of the kids absolutely insane so yeah i have no problem with her being at 12 she's absolutely incredible in this film if you were to put like book smart or something i would have rolled my eyes really hard but like this she is acting her ass off and how this movie just went unnoticed kind of great yeah like this This is my winner in nearly every like it wins for me. It wins actress, supporting actress, supporting actor picture that I'm year. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. But yeah, it's 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 fantastic. This um, to everybody... me is what Requiem for a Dream is to Jack. It is my I need to feel pain movie. Yeah, Green Miles one. Uh, what does everybody else feel about uh, this performance? Well, uh, she's great. She's the best part of the movie. She definitely should have been nominated for supporting actress in 2013. She's brilliant. Um, I considered her and Lakey Stanfield. Uh, and Brie Larson. I think all three of them are great. Larson's my best actress winner uh, in 2013. Uh, but I ultimately didn't think any of them quite cracked it for me. Um, so but they're all great. She's fantastic. Should have been nominated. Okay. Elevens. We're done for this. Leonardo DiCaprio, Django Unchained. Highest? Yes. Yeah, Jack oh, had yeah. that earlier. Okay, yeah, Jack would be the only person. I swear to 
Okay. Uh, uh, Lee J. Cobb, 12 Angry Men. Yikes. Okay. Uh, Peter Sellers, Dr. Strangelove. Y yikes. Okay. Sean Astin, Return of the King. Oh my god! <laughs> Jack, you did so well for two minutes. Michael Clark Duncan is rolling over his grave right now. You <laughs> give Sean Astin. Paul Tatos. Paul Tatos. Okay. Uh, uh, you know, you know, he like cut his hand while he's acting, and he smashed a glass. And oh my it's god! Great. Uh, but no, this this performance is genuinely one of the best villain performances uh, to me. I love what Leo does here. I think he's charming and charismatic and draws you in and that makes you so uneased and so worried at every moment because you have no idea what he's going to do and the moment that he has the upper hand again it's horrifying um where he's just like here around here we shake hands you're just like i want i want him to die i want him to die i hate this son of a bitch uh and my wish was granted uh but he up to that yeah. is just like the way he talks with everyone throughout it and like how he like yells at one of his fighters um and like i just think there's so much that leo does in this part that is just insane everyone talks about the you know the cutting of the hand and all that but i think like i think that the rest of it around that is a fully realized well acted villain um and probably my favorite tarantino character um in terms of being a bad guy i think he's brilliant uh so yeah Jack had this at 20. Uh, I think this is a very good performance. I think, like, yeah, everyone talks about that he cut his hand open scene, which is a brilliant scene, and the fact that he keeps it going is. through that is incredible. But, like, outside of that, this is still a phenomenal performance. The way that, like, from the moment he first shows up on screen, you look at him and you're like, this asshole, this piece of shit, like, they never try to make him likable at any point. It is clear from the jump that he's just the worst. And he conveys that super well. Um, yeah, the way, like, he is still being sinister while conveying that, like, southern charm that his character is supposed to have, I think, is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it's a great performance. Uh, where'd you have this bar? Seven. Okay, I had this higher. I think one element of this character that we're not focusing on, and I think DiCaprio also plays this element very well, is that while being awful, this character is also just a complete idiot. Like, this dude is, like, just the ultimate poser. Like, he's, he, he's a Francophile. He loves France. But he also cannot speak it and gets very uh, insecure when someone else can speak French. And I think that aspect of the characters kind of being a moron is very funny. And DiCaprio finds those moments of humor within this just awful person. And I think that's a, that's a great addition. So while I tend to like DiCaprio as an actor, I, don't nor I, I normally have a problem by seeing... DiCaprio playing DiCaprio, that is not the case here. Um, it is an absolutely disgusting, spile, but smarmy, charismatic um, idiot that's genuinely intimidating, especially when he knows he has the upper hand and he gets that big-ass grin on his face because 
Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, this performance, I think it does do a lot of the hand cut. I think that's what helps, like, sell it because he was able to act through it and kept going. Why everybody else has a visceral reaction to the blood spilling from his hand. Um, even Kerry Washington at that point. Like, there's, like, some crazy points to that. Um, but that's not the scene that I go to. The scene that I go to is when they're riding and he sicks the dogs and just stares at Jamie Jamie Fox's face, uh, Django's face, while he does it, and you just hear you just hear the sounds in the background, and he does not break eye contact, and does not like one smirk, nothing, just the stone cold face of that, like that's just nuts, and he does, he's so stupid, like like he doesn't understand what's going on in front of him, but like gets out smart, like almost gets out smarter, but then. The vicious side, like the whole at the end. The only part of Django that I don't really love is the very end of it. Like it's the overextended blow up, like all that stuff. But the thing that led to it before is like, no, the deal is off the table if you don't shake my hand. And you just realize how scummy of a human being that is. Because when you hate somebody, when you're frustrated with somebody, when you're angry with somebody, the last thing you want to do is like shake their hand in agreement or like anything with them. And he makes them. And that face that he does. He does it great with that accent, too. He could have played Overborn Hick and, like, came off comedy thing. But, like, like I do declare. Like, that's just, like, stuff that he has. Like, I I think it's an underrated performance. I will never forget the time that we were in Madison, Wisconsin. Me and Coho watched this on a laptop for the first, like, hour and a half until everybody else was ready. <laughs> it flew by. We had a great time with it. So, I, well, Literally, literally, we didn't know where we were in the movie. We like, were like, an hour and a half? What? Confirm. It was on normal speed. Um, uh, everybody else. Uh, that Everybody had this, so we can move on. Um, yeah. There's one person left talking, right? And that's Sean Astin in... Uh, oh, boy. Yes. Oh, oh boy. If you oh. if you go over two and a half minutes on this, I'm shutting you up because I have no patience for this. Cody, it's me. I'm going to be snarky, sarcastic, and defame Jack Pinchuk's name. I was about to say good name, but his name is not good after all the things he's done on this show. <laughs> I will defame him. I will bury him. And then we will move on. Um, yeah. Sean Astin in Lord of the Rings Return of the King. Sure. If you're going to have one performance from these movies, this is probably the one, I guess. Like, I think this is a good performance. Number 11, you're insane. You had this above Caitlin Deaver in Short Term 12, F. Murray Abraham, Amadeus, Michael Clark Duncan, uh, Shirley MacLaine in The Apartment, Bart Dem in No Country for Old Men, Gyllenhaal in Nightcrawler, Garfield in The Social Network, what are, what are we doing here? What am I doing here? <laughs> I'm related to this. Like, I, I have to I have to suffer with this. I'm so glad. It's moments like this that I'm glad there is no blood relationship shared between me and Jack and Chuck. Because whatever's going on there that somehow led to this, I don't know. Jesus I can, Christ. I, I can't carry your list for you, Jack, but I can bury you in the dirt where you belong. <laughs> oh my god. Rip rip Jack apart, Cody. Go for it. Um hope anybody else have this? What? Just double checking, you know. 
Um, ah, doubling down. That always works. Um, <laughs> just for the record, I want to say he is saying that he should have won Best Supporting Actor over Tim Robbins in Mystic River. So keep that in mind, Cody. And Jeffrey Rush in Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of Blackpool. Okay. First one's more egregious. I, I'm aware, but I'm just pointing out that that's another performance you love. Mr. Mr. Grover's top 30 for me. No, um, no, no. I'm just, I, he took it. I'm giving you like, your second best part. Yeah. Um, that's that's reminder Denzel, Philadelphia, 66. Sean Astin. Sean, Sean Astin should sit down every night and thank his lucky stars that he was cast in this movie. Should have put him in 51st dates on this. I don't one. think he's bad. I think he is fine. But, sir, this is why I had I didn't rewatch Return of the King. I'm just gonna let you know that. I didn't have 17 hours. Um what I will say is where things were ranked today is what pissed what pissed me off the most. To have Michael Clark Duncan on your list, not only no, you had like you're walking the line today with Leo, Kevin Spacey in seven, Michael Clark Duncan in the Green Mile, Liam Neeson in Schindler's List, F. Murray Abraham in Amadeus, and Caitlin Devers in Short Term Twelve, and then you said Sean Astin. The dude, the the only thing I like from Sean Astin is the, if you haven't seen it on YouTube, it's the potatoes rap. They put it behind him. That's the best part of Sean Astin. He's not great. Like, he's, you know why he stands out? Because Frodo sucks. If we're being real, he is he is the shiny Frodo sucks. He's the shiny piece, the shiny piece of aluminum foil next to the giant turd. Like he's gonna stand out. He's gonna be the better character. But even then, you had Andy Circus as Gollum, and I think Gollum's better than I just am so confused by this performance. I have no idea uh, what because of his line. I can't carry it, but I can carry you. Can't all like I don't even. Think Tim that watches these movies religiously would put Sean Astin in Yeah, this is why I want to create. I want. I want to all. Uh, she's all that you. I want to make you a better film person. I want to help you out. I want to make sure you don't rewatch things. I just want you to watch movies to help you out. So, not a chance. My wife is building uh, uh, entertainment center. This is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but that's it. That's the show. Right? Yeah. Uh, Does anybody yeah. want to talk about Sean Astin? Do you guys want to talk about it? Go ahead. You can talk about Sean Astin. No, all I was going to say is to have it above like Ian McKellen and Andy Serkis within his own series is stupid. But none of them belong here. so it's My wife has no idea, and she said Sean Asswipe. So that's all she said about <laughs> it. So I, <laughs> um, I think we leave it there. Next week. We're in the top 10. This is the final. We won't award the winner. We'll award that in the recap session right after that. Um, sports moments bracket, um, draft show. Curacao might be moved, so we'll have another topic. We're changing YLS, but I think for the better. Um, we're going to have fun with it. We're going to change things up. Um, 
So I'm excited Tune for that. Next week when Jack Pinchuk has Sarah McLeod, who played Rosie Cotton at number three. Yeah, so thank you all. Enjoy it. For one Rikers. more week. Huh? For, oh. You're going to do the rankings for this week, right? Sure. Okay. Um, so the winner of this week's um, list. First place bar. Hot damn! This guy's second first. Uh, again, he did. He didn't get it. He didn't get full credit yet, but he has him still on there. He's Lee J. Cobb. He has Christopher Walken. He has Jimmy Stewart. Um, Rita Moreno. No one else had her, I think, or somebody else. I had. had I had Rita Moreno. You're a little lower. Um, uh, Philip Seymour Harvest Don't love the movie, but like the performance, definitely deserves. Anthony Hopkins sounds lamb. Uh, Marlon Brando, not my favorite. The only thing he did, the only downside that he had on it was Bob Hoskins, slightly higher than Al Pacino. I granted that he rushed his list. I gave him that flip in my brain. So it didn't count in the rankings, but it counted that he would have made that flip later on. Um, so that's where the ranking flips there. Uh, for uh, second place. Yeah, boat. Fuck! Uh, I was close. I was about to give it to Coho, but... Your fifteen is just egregious at this point. But I was—I had Robin Williams highest. You said that. I, I know it helped. It was the closest, but you had a fourteen, fifteen. There in your head, they were that close to flip, and that's. You said you me. forgave it. Oh, I, I not not forgiving on overall list. I don't think. I honestly don't think that Boat had an. Hold on, I'm not done. Sorry. I don't think Bowman had an egregious pick. I think Sideways was too high. But wait, he had Robin Williams at fifteen. Yeah, and I yeah. had it at fourteen. Oh, then yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I won't forgive it. Like that's, that's weird. I was also the he has, only hold on, he has Giamatti above Robin Williams, though. I was also the only person to have Daniel Day Lewis, and there will be blood on the whole list. I agree. I agree. I agree. I, I think, I think that did help. I think, but he does have The Godfather at the highest for me, and that I said that was my one. It's really hard to beat beat that. So, and yeah, you pick some interesting picks, but I, I would say it was really close between you two. Co-host third. How dare you? Fifth, if you? I'm being real with you, Coho. If you would have moved like Garfield and Winslet to the bottom and moved everybody up one, you won. You'd have won. Fair. I think it's strong enough. Maybe not. Garfield's really aggressive. I don't understand it, but fine. And Swap your Garfield. Jack, Jack, you get a Z. You get like a Z minus. That's the second Z minus of the history of YLS. Michael Clark Duncan Poss, is. isn't it? No, Michael, it's Adelaide Smith. Oh. Michael Clark Duncan is dead. And you put him at 16 and you said Sean Aston turning even better. That's disrespectful. And it doesn't help that I watch Green Mile this week. Like, that doesn't help at all. So, tune in next week. We'll have a lot of fun. We'll close it out. Hopefully, Boatman's internet works the entire episode. Because, like, the last time we did a top 100, it did. And if not, I'm calling somebody in to fill in for Jack. So, I'll everybody. Be, I'll be here. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I know it was you, Fredo. You broke my heart. Your guilt has been determined. This is merely a sentencing hearing. Now what will it be? Death or exile? You better lawyer up, asshole. Because I'm not coming back for 30%. I'm coming back for everything. So. Normally... I would say Auf but since what Auf Wiedersehen actually means is till I see you again, 
And since I never wish to see you again, to you, sir, I say good 